The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a crown vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to the 67th edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes Podcast. I am your host, Terry. How are you guys doing today, this evening, sexy time, whenever you're listening? Hope you guys are doing well. I'm going to keep this uh, nice and short to get into the podcast, and I'm just throwing it out there. There may be a little something special tacked on to the very end, so if you're into that kind of thing, you might want to listen to it. With that said, my guest is a fellow named Brian who's a cop out in Southern California, He's a good dude, man. We we talked about all kinds of different stuff, did a poorly made gear review, I think. Uh is entertaining. I, I had I had a good time talking to him. He's a good dude. And he also has a side business. He has a really great product, and we talk about that in the podcast too. Um it's called Stone Griffin Tactical, and his main product is a uh, the best way to describe it is like a multifunction tactical tool. It's really awesome. It's called the C-Tax. So we talk about that more in the podcast, but really good dude genuine guy and i like that he wasn't like a suck up you know some people not shitting on anybody some people get on the podcast and i'll kind of agree with everything i say he didn't i like that so good dude good conversation i think you guys will really enjoy it uh really he had a good sense of humor so it was a good time the poorly made weight loss challenge i've basically been a piece of shit since saint patrick's day so uh i'll weigh myself in a week i don't, I don't want to talk about it right now but with that said, let's uh, play a law enforcement ban, and then we'll get into the meat of the podcast. And according to my fancy, very organized list, the band we have this week is Catch the Light. And this is a new tune from them called In the Clouds. Check it out. Go check them out. And then I'll be right back with the podcast. Every thought is like a wave that hits me, and it's getting harder to breathe. Memories that I'll never get to see rush in everything that I'll never get to be. But I believe there's something else for me And this mind cannot conceive But I know it's best for me I'm in this bed Where I wait for death Everything is so loud As I take a breath No one's around me But the walls in this empty room No one is with me but you Alright, now the moment you've been waiting for The next victim to enter the dungeon digitally Oh, that's a good catchphrase. I might, I might keep that one. I'm so proud Entering of myself. The dungeon digitally. Entering the dungeon digitally, which could also have alternative meanings, but maybe I shouldn't keep that one. But anyway, I've got Brian here, who is a cop in uh, Southern California. Brian, how the hell are you? 
I am doing good, sir. How you doing? You know, I'm a little jealous. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of California itself, but I'm sure where you're at right now, it's uh, not snowing in March. Yeah, it's 88 degrees today. So yeah, I'm out there with uh, looking to try and go to the pool. So sounds pretty terrible. It <laughs> sounds awful. What's the coldest it gets out there, like in in Southern California? Right now, I think the it's gotten down in like the lower 50s, maybe 30s, close to 32 a couple times where I'm at, but it doesn't get much colder than that. <laughs> must be nice must be swell i uh, i'm gonna bring something back on the podcast i haven't done in a while is uh trying new alcoholic beverages because I, I had a little sabbatical are you having anything to drink this evening brian i'm having Lacroix fizzy water right now just because it's too early for me to start doing that yet and i'll probably have something a little bit later <laughs> oh man you're you are not the liquor like i am have you heard uh, of that yeah, it's one of those things i like i wish i have but i uh, I wish I liked alcohol more. Like you have the no, no, you don't. First don't take that whiskey, back. Whiskey club. Well, come on, it's the first responder whiskey club, and I have like I have no idea how to even get started into that because I just don't drink whiskey. You know, I mean, I don't drink a whole lot when I go out. I mean, I have occasional beer every now and again, but I mean, I'm just not a big drinker. It's just not something. You know, like I'm out with buddies and something like that. I'll, I'll have a you know, I'll have a couple, or if I'm out you know, at a poker game, I'll play. You know, have a couple, but it's just not something I do on the regular. So you know, these guys are like, oh, I had this really great whiskey, and I tried those nice scotch. I'm like. Pfft. Yeah, I don't do any of that, man. <laughs> so what you're, like, what you're I'm saying out is you, you have healthy coping mechanisms. Oh, no, no. I, I go to the gym all the time and eat a crap load of sweet stuff. That's my advice right now is candy. I'm trying to get rid of that. But it equals out. You go to the gym. You have a couple extra carbs afterwards. All right, now I got to go to the gym again. It, it just evens itself yeah, right. out, I think. Yeah. Well, I have this Bud Light Next, which is apparently low-calorie Bud Light. I don't know, but it is not good. I mean, I'm going to yeah, drink all three of taste. them. It's just water, like water with like a touch of beer flavor. <laughs> I, I'm really disappointed, man. I was hoping right? it would just taste like a Bud Light, but it it's clearly not. Me, when I have a Coke, I, the Diet Coke doesn't bug me. I know Diet Coke bugs some people. It just, it tastes like soda to me. It doesn't bug me. I was thinking this would yeah. be like the same thing. It's clearly not. <laughs> all right, I know, are you a Coke Zero fan? Because I, I really like Coke Zero. I prefer that to, to Diet Coke. Oh, yeah. I mean, it all to me, I don't notice a difference. And my wife's like, you're oh, yeah. disgusting. And I was like, no, it tastes all the same. It's soda. <laughs> it's just slightly different flavor. Like, I don't mind the diet stuff, although I'm kind of coming around to the idea that the diet stuff is probably worse for you than the Coke Zero stuff. Because at least you or yeah. I'm sorry, the diet stuff is worse than the regular stuff, because at least, you know, what's in the regular stuff. Fucking sugar. God knows what's in these other ones. Yeah, trying to get rid of the. That's, honestly, it's kind of one of the reasons I started drinking that uh, the sparkling water, that fizzy water, just because I've been drinking way too much soda. So it still has a little bit of that carbonation, that sweet. So it helps me to kick my soda habit, which is helping. So the Lacroix aren't too bad. There, there's a few other brands that aren't so bad. I I get like the bottled yeah. flavored water that's uh, carbonated at the grocery store. It's not bad. I mean, it's something. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. like it, it, like I said, it takes us the edge off. So you're not drinking soda the whole day. So the edge, I like it. What a riveting conversation we're having right now talking about flavored water. <laughs> Welcome to the Poorly Made yeah. Police podcast. Well, enough about uh, flavored water, man. Let's uh, let's talk about you a little bit. Actually, no, I don't want to talk about you yet. I want to talk about Disneyland real quick. Disneyland. We, yeah. Disneyland. Because we were going to record last night and you're like, oh, look at me. I live in Southern California. The weather's nice. I'm going to go to Disneyland. Um, so we moved it back because I'm such a nice guy. But how was Disney, man? Is it like actually open all the way now or is it still kind of modified i'm still a little modified you have to make reservations to go which is kind of weird but um once you get there it's pretty much wide open i mean there was um i was reading the 
the guidelines before we showed up and it's like wearing a mask is encouraged and you should be vaccinated and there's like certain places you're supposed to wear a mask but honestly walking around the park the entire day nobody said a word to anybody about it um there's still people wearing masks but it was by choice the overwhelming majority of people were not wearing masks so it was kind of nice because uh, that's something I've, i have two uh, kids under 10 so i was kind of worried about that with the kids but it was actually a really great time. We had a really good time. We hadn't been there since, uh, I don't know, like three years. So before COVID hit. So uh, most of the things were open. I was disappointed Pirates is under reservation, uh, renovation. Oh, so no, that's the best part. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pirate guy. That's one of my favorite rides and it was shut down. But um, for the most part, I mean, the, it was not super crowded. We hit the, the good rides. You know, we did uh, Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain. Did the new one over in the new Star Wars land. If you haven't been over there, that, that's pretty epic. I feel like that was opening right as COVID was starting to get going, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, they just kind of finished it right when it when it hit. And so it was like super modified. That was like one of the first things that people were trying to do when it opened back up. But um, that part, it was that part they really sunk some money into. You can see where they actually put a lot of money into that. Um, and it was, it was really cool walking around there. And they have the Rise of the Resistance ride that they have or experience. And that is by far one of the coolest things I've ever done at Disney. It's, it's just a really cool thing to do. Really? I, I'm a fucking Star Wars nerd. Everybody knows that. So I would, I want to go to at some point to either world. I've never been to world, but I, I've been to land, uh, I think four or five times in my life. I, I haven't gone in like five years, but yeah. it's been a minute. My kids were pretty little. I think we, the last time we went is when my youngest, well, my, my old youngest, uh, he was under three, so we're like, well, let's fucking go now because he's free. Um, yeah. The prices are pretty high now, right? Is it like, re- yeah, I feel yeah. like you could get like a three-day pass for like 150 bones. I don't think you can do that anymore, can you? No, it was about $600 for the four of us, I think. And then One day? Yeah, one day. Uh, one, one day, one park. It was, it was ridiculous. Wait, you couldn't um, even get over to either. California Adventure? Yeah, no, one day, one park, 600 bucks. And then um, on top of that, you remember the old uh, fast passes? Do you remember those? I heard those went away, which is bullshit. They did. They replaced it with lightning pass now, which is an extra $20 per ticket to do per day. So if you want to do the old fast pass, you got to pay $20 for it. That's, you know. Highway robbery, sir. Highway robbery. It it is. And like, I like Disneyland and we could have a debate about Disney, which I don't want to have, but. Disneyland is a really fucking fun place and it's always been like expensive, but it's been like obtainable. Right. I don't, yeah. you know, for people that are I, like, I'm not going to go there and spend three days there ever again with, you know, the fucking farm of kids I have would be way too ex- expensive, but you know, people from out of state, you plan fucking three days at Disneyland. I don't think you can do that anymore yeah. with the prices. It's, it's kind of making it like a rich person thing, which sucks. Yeah, I mean, I think you can still get an annual pass, and it's like maybe like a thousand dollars, you know, like right around twelve hundred. But I mean, you're still talking twelve hundred dollars. I mean, which isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things, but it's really difficult to swallow when you get there and it's like, oh, it's an extra, you know, hundred dollars to get the fast pass tickets, and you know, food is you know sixty five dollars a meal, you know, and then you know, parking's an extra thirty five to forty five dollars for preferred parking, and it's just it it just nickels and dimes you to death. And you know, granted, my kids, we all had a really good time. It was a good time, but it was disappointing that it was costing so much when it was like you said, like it seemed like it was obtainable and easier to do in the past, but now it's just like, man, I'm not sure I want to do this anymore. You know, it's just too damn expensive. I don't think that was uh, Walt Disney's dream was to price out poor people, but here we are, I guess. Yeah. You know, I blame EA sports. I think they were the first ones that started the microtransactions in video games. You remember that? Uh, you know, I stopped playing video games in the, uh, 
early 2000s. So I'm like still on N64, but I've heard, yeah. I've seen the memes about it though. Yeah. So in, I think, I think that is what it is. It's like, they realize that, Hey, you know, for an extra $5, you can get this really cool thing in the video game. It's like, well, I mean, all it is is just a little piece of code. It doesn't cost them anything, but you know, it, it's five reward dollars. And so it's like, well, Disney, you know, started doing that now. Well, hey, you know what? You can get the fast pass for 20 bucks. That's all it is. Just 20 bucks. That's not hard to do, but you know, $600 for the ticket, $220, you know, $20 per person, you know, that stuff starts to add up really quick. How much is a churro? A churro? Uh, there's six bucks still, I think. I feel like when I used to go there, like a long time ago, you could probably get a churro and a Coke for about $6. So inflation is going up on the churros. The churros yeah. at Disneyland, unless they've changed them, are to fucking die for. I, yeah, it might epic. be my we, favorite place. My favorite thing to eat at Disneyland is a churro. Yeah, churros are good. We still like the churros. Yeah, good talk. All right, so now we, we've got flavored water and we've got churros down. I guess we can start talking about policing a little bit. So you're <laughs> a, you're a cop out in Southern California. How long have you been on for? About 13 years now. It's probably a stupid question at this point, but I, I think it's kind of fun to ask. I assume that things have changed quite a bit over the last 13 years. Drastically. <laughs> we talk about it Don't constantly say. how fast. Just, yeah, just, I mean, just radically. And, and, it's, and it seems like it's starting to speed up too. Um, you know, like the changes are coming more and more and they're, you know, being more and more restrictive to, you know, good police work. Can you even do police work in California or is, is there some police work to be done or no? There is some still to be done. Um, I think they're trying to make it more and more difficult as the years go by. It's like every year they add something else that, you know, you know, it's not that it's, and I, I get where they're coming from, what they're trying to do, but it's like, dude, you guys are just, I mean, you guys don't realize what you're doing when, you know, the, I think one of the one of the ones that really they call this RIPA card. It's a racial identity profiling card that we have to fill out anytime we stop anybody. So basically, the idea is if I conduct a traffic stop, after I'm done with that traffic stop, I have to fill out this little racial identity profiling thing, basically. So it says, okay, when you stop this driver, did you think the person was white, black, Hispanic, Asian, other? And then it's just like it's like a three-page document of all these things. You know, what did you think before you stopped this person? And you know, then we got to log it. So it's like, when we stopped the person, what, how long, what we stopped them for, how long was the stop? Did we search them? Did we find contraband? You know, did we think they were LGBTQ plus? Did we, you know, do they have disabilities? Do they speak English as a second language? I mean, it's this huge thing. And it is, and it kind of, they want to collect the data to make sure not racially profiling people, which we don't, but they want to make sure that we're not doing that. And then it's also, I think the back on the back end, the idea is to slow us down. If they bog us down with so much paperwork, we we can't do more traffic stops. You know, so we're, we're doing less police work. If that makes sense. You know, there's this conspiracy thing out there where you know you see people commenting like, "Well, the police aren't out there doing their job," but then they don't act like this is what they didn't. This is what they wanted. This is exactly what they wanted. This is they're like, "Hey, let's." You know, I, you're not going to fool me yeah, for dude. a minute that all this paperwork because Colorado did something similar. All this paperwork, yeah, you know, they're gonna do it under the guise of, oh, it's for equity and all this shit. It's because they know cops are gonna be like, this is stupid. I'm not doing it. A, I'm not gonna stop cars. B, if I actually do stop cars, I can't stop as many cars. I just don't get the mindset of we don't want to go after criminals or we don't want cops out in the community being visible. It, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's and it's really funny because they actually that was actually a, a voter initiative. Somebody so they actually had to vote and approve that. So the voters approved that. <laughs> Is that California wide? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a statewide mandate. <laughs> God. 
So start yeah. to finish, how long does that form take to fill out? Uh, it's relative. I don't know. Um, so traffic stops six, seven minutes. Um, it takes probably about about that long because we had to categorize your, your uh, body worn camera too. So I mean, it's about you know it's about twice the length of the traffic stop basically. So I mean, if it's six minutes for the traffic stop, it's about six or six to ten minutes to do all the the little paperwork stuff that we got to do. That's uh, that's policing right there, and it it's hilarious to me because let's be real if if, if there's a racist out there on the force. Do you think that's going to stop them from being racist? Well, no. Boy, filling out no. this fucking form, I'm not racist anymore. You did it. You solved racism. Well, yeah, that's the thing we're kind of joking about. It's like when you start looking at what they're actually asking you to do, it's not what you, the person actually is. You know, you're not asking, hey, are you, you know, you're not asking the person their race. It's your initial determination of what you saw after you walk up to the car. So it's like, okay, now I have to make a snap judgment about this person's race, but. You know, that's asking me to it's it's almost asking me to be racist, if that makes sense. It's like, OK, so I have to I have to assume this. And so one of the things they were talking about on the back end of the data is, oh, well, you know, they're saying uh, this person's white. Well, you know, they might not be white. They may be, you know, you know, mixed race Hispanic or mixed race, you know, black or something like that. So they're not they might not qualify as white, but you're saying they're white or, you know, vice versa, they're black and they're not black. And they're, you know, they're Arabic or, you know, you're making your first officers to make the snap decision on race when. You know, it really has nothing to do with the stop. The guy ran a stop sign, you know, so it's like, okay, so now I have to make this decision. You know, how much, how much sense does that make? Yeah. It, it's, I don't even know, man. I don't even know right where to, <laughs> it's incredible. And I'm sorry. I'll just fucking put it. I'm not sorry. Who am I, who am I kidding? I'm not sorry. I've stopped people before and I've had no idea. I don't know. Yeah. And it didn't fucking right? matter. It didn't You're fucking matter. Sign, a human being, you know, like people ask, where are you from earth? I, it's a fucking human being. I don't fucking know. I don't know everything exactly. about them, who their mom fucked or if they fucked the mailman. I don't know. It's just a dude that ran the stop sign and people can't, uh, I don't know. People just are so in their head about these problems that do they exist somewhere in some form? Yeah, probably, but not to the extent that it is. But the problem is, is, and sorry, I'm going to go on a rant here, but like you, the 24 hour news cycle, right? You only yeah. see bad shit. Open up your phone to whatever news page you have. Nine out of 10 stories is bad shit. You're not going to get the story about the cop dragging somebody from a fire. You're not going to get the cop saving somebody's life. You're going to get whatever the racial undertone thing is for the day. And that's one thing yeah. out of a country of 365 million people. Yeah, every time, dude. It's, you know, you were talking about how things have changed and, you know, being on the department. I mean, I've even really been on that long. 13 years doesn't seem like it's that long to me, but um, just noticing the choice of verbiage in some articles, how you can see it, like it's blatantly slanted to, to get you to think one way. You know, when it's, you know, it's like, I would say it's, it's charged language, you know, say words matter. And, and, and they do when you start looking at some of these articles, it's like, hey, you know, this officer did X, Y and Z or, you know, this person did that or they leave out one or two words or descriptors or something like that. And they leave out stuff to change the narrative. And, you know, after especially the last couple of years, I've seen that just take off rampant. It's everywhere. Yeah, I in some of the organizations that, you know, put themselves as a news organization are not news organizations. I remember reading one a week or two back and I, I'm pretty familiar with the case was and they're going on and on. And the cop was totally out of line with what he did for sure. Like no doubt, but yeah. they, 
you know, they leave out important details like, oh, this guy was just hanging out in the park. You know, he's filling out a job application and these cops came up and beat the fuck out of him. You're leaving out some key details, some very key, 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 like they didn't just show up and beat the fuck out of him. Like he had a warrant. He resisted, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't just, yeah. oh, he he was just minding his business. At the, but the problem is, is people will fucking read that shit and they'll believe it. Because yeah. it's on a news site. It's that's credible information somehow. Yeah, with the opinion pieces masquerading as news, I think is the biggest problem. Um, you know, they're trying to say this is an, you know, this is this is the news, but you know, at the top, you know, they've, I think some sites have started to do it where they say the opinion at the top, but you know, a, a lot of them masquerade that way and just that they just put it out there. That's it's their opinion. You know, like you said, they're distorting the facts, and you know, their opinion is this is what happened. It's like you one, you were never there. Two, you didn't talk to those people. Three, you're leaving out half the stuff that actually happened. And you're that's the best picking, part. So that's the best part is you didn't even fucking talk to these people. You're doing a news article based on something else you read or, you know, clips of a body camera you saw on YouTube. You weren't fucking there. You didn't talk to these people. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a little different. It's, yeah. It's, it's changed drastically. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of starting to see it. Like it feels like it to me, it kind of feels like it's starting to swing back the other way. People are kind of finally waking up. And I'm like, Oh my God, what, what have we done? Kind of, you know, but it's, it's slow. It's a slow process. Oh, yeah. Well, it is a slow process because things happened, you know, pretty drastically over the last 13 years or so. But think about 13 years is still a long time. And, you know, if things were going to swing back to almost normal, probably going to take fucking 26 years because it always goes back. It takes longer to go back. So, yeah, it usually doesn't go all the way back. It only goes like part the way back. So we don't get everything back. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man, <laughs> that's, uh, that's why I'm not a cop. I but got that's seven it. years left. That's all. That's like I got seven years left. So there you go. Does Does California have a good pension program? Like you can do twenty and then you you can get out. Yeah, I came on a little bit later on in life. So uh, I was in the military prior to this, and then so after I got off uh, active duty and out of the National Guard, I joined at thirty. So I can retire at fifty and drop pension. We actually vest at ten, so oh, nice. I, mean, I could leave now technically if I really wanted to. Um, but uh, basically, it's we get three percent a year. So 3% of our pay for every year that we're on, on duty. So. Okay. And that makes sense too, where guys would stay a little bit longer. Cause that extra three, do you guys have the drop too? No, we had it, but they ended up getting rid of it. Um, oh. Yeah. in like 2007, I think is when they finally got rid of that. Um, yeah. That was a beautiful thing. I wish we still had dropped that, that, you know, hearing, hearing the old timers talk about that. It's like, Oh, that's crap, dude. <laughs> so. Yeah. They, that was not at my department, but there was a nearby agency that had it. And we're like, wait, you, you do what you work 20 yeah. and then you start collecting and you're still at your highest paid. What the fuck? Yeah. For five years, it was a five-year cap on our, on ours when they had it. So yeah. you only do it for five years, but um, yeah. So basically as you, they say you fund your own drop now. So you retire immediately at 20 and then go work for another department for five years um, and then retire out of there too. So. Fuck, it's incredible, dude. It's incredible. Yeah, drop is uh, a drop how great it used to be for people with retirement. And I don't know. I I don't want to turn this into the retirement show. I can see some downfalls of, you know, the traditional pension because it seemed like a lot of promises were made over the years where guys are like, oh, yeah, do your 20. You know, we'll take care of you for life. And then something happens in the city and all of a sudden dudes are going fucking back to work when they shouldn't be. I think that happened. Don't quote me, but in Detroit or somewhere around there. So that always scares me. Yeah, some yeah. I don't remember where that always scares me. And the nice thing about like a traditional 401k is it's your money. They can't yeah. they can't take it. It's it's fucking yours, which is nice. But 
I don't know. Like they told us, oh yeah, after uh, 20 years, you'll have a million bucks. Dudes were working 30 years and these aren't even the guys that were, you know, had side pieces and had to split their pension because they weren't anywhere near that. And with inflation now and the way the markets are, man, you're going to need a long time on with those 401ks to have any sort of money to retire. Yeah. Right. If it doesn't tank and you lose all of it anyway. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. I'm going to be that guy. Cause I never did it. If you have like the deferred comp or anything like that, start that shit when you're a new officer. Cause you won't miss the money. Cause yeah, right. you won't be used to it. Just fucking do it. And I know every time yeah. you talk to a senior guy, they tell you to do it. And you're like, Oh, whatever boomer. Trust them. <laughs> Go do it. You're going to take people later. Yeah. Boomers. Now over the last 13 years, a lot of shit has changed, but has anything changed for the good in the last 13 years with law enforcement? With law enforcement, I don't know. I think we're a little bit tighter as a community, as a, you know, as the community of law enforcement officers. I think when things get rough, we end up kind of like, you know, turning to each other and getting a little tighter that way. You know, we cover each other more, look out for each other more. I think um, the mental health stuff has definitely gone up where, you know, resources for officers and things like that has drastically gone up. I think they're finally starting to realize that that's a big issue that they need to actually address on, on the, on the uh, you know, the department level, not just on an individual level. So um, how's community support in Southern California? Because I know Southern California really encompasses a big area and a lot of different communities. Is it, does it really kind of depend on what side of the highway you're on? Sometimes it does. Um, but I don't know, sometimes you'll be in the bad part of town and, you know, people still still thank you and they appreciate you being there. Um, you know, it just kind of depends on, it's, it's kind of like it is everywhere. I think it's the vocal minority that are anti-police. You know, I think the overwhelming majority of people just kind of want to get on with their day and they're generally, they support the police, but they just, they're just not as loud as the, as the, as the haters basically. Well, and I think a lot of good people didn't want to get lumped in as, you know, especially when all the bad shit, you know, the George Floyd thing was going on. I think yeah. a lot of decent people were like, well, I don't want to say I support the police because I don't want to be seen as racist or whatever. And so they were like, uh, they weren't maybe pushing back to some of that stuff as much as they normally would. And plus with everything going on with COVID too, I think it was like a perfect storm where people are just like, I don't even want to, I I don't want to get involved in this shit. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to seem racist or I don't want to be this or that. And I think honestly, with everybody being cooped up with COVID too, that just fucking, that was like a, a match, man. Like everything going on in the country yeah. was just, a, you know, it was an election year. All the shit was going on. It was just a, not a, a good situation. Yeah. I think one thing that you're talking about, you know, people not wanting to get involved. There was, um, couple of my coworkers went to a well-known restaurant down in the you know it's like one of the best burger t burger joints in town like hey we gotta go try this place uh it was one of the kind of on the borderline of the of the more busier areas as it were and um they go in there and the manager's like he gets all freaked out it's like guys you gotta go i mean he, he did it real quiet he's like i don't really i i can't have you guys in here i, I don't want you to leave and i don't want to do this but if i don't the community is going to turn against us and hold it against us basically so, you know, I hate to, I, he was, he was very apologetic and, you know, you know, we get refused service all the time, you know, that happens. Um, but I was talking to the guy and he's like, yeah, I mean, you know, we felt really bad for the guy. Cause I mean, it, we could see that he was being sincere. He didn't want us to leave. He wanted to help us. He wanted us to get a burger and everything like that. But the community would, they, he, they were, they were adamant that he was sincere that the community would turn against him if he did. That is a fantastic example of what I was trying to articulate, but I couldn't spit out that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause I think that's just how people felt too. You know, like I think most people are like, all right, not all cops are Derek Chauvin. Right. But yeah, it, 
don't know. That's just kind of what it turned into, unfortunately. Now, since we're talking about burger places in Southern California, is In-N-Out really that good? Because <laughs> I, I don't think it is. Huh, I think is, it's that okay. Is the question. That is the um, it's, it is a good fast food burger. I'll give them that. Um, you know, if you're going to go McDonald's or In-N-Out, In-N-Out's probably better. It tastes better. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, that's not even McDonald's is like really a convenience burger. Nobody yeah. really likes McDonald's. They just go there cause it's everywhere. Yeah. And that's basically, I mean, that's way the way I clump in and out. I mean, people are diehard fans and they'll get rabid and they'll like fight you about it and everything like that. I mean, I think it's a decent burger. Um, you know, I think five guys, if you've ever been to a five guys, they have really good burgers too. I mean, I think they're on the kind of the same level. It's just in and out does it faster. Yeah, the problem with Five Guys is it takes fucking forever. By the time the burger's ready, I'm like, I'm not really hungry anymore. <laughs> it just takes way yeah. too long. The fries are fucking amazing, though. Yeah, they hurt you with fries, man. We got a large fry, and that, like, hurt my entire family. No, we couldn't finish those things. Delicioso, though. All right, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Triple I Solutions is owned and operated by Sean Pardesi, a.k.a. the Savvy Sheep. They provide specialized training in detecting smuggling, tradecraft, and clandestine countermeasures used by smugglers while driving loads across highways. Sean is a 27-year veteran in the field and specializes in delivering unique and in-depth courses to help enhance an officer's overall success by delivering personal experience. He's had extensive training and experience in the field of terrorism and interdiction training, UMIT, and in-depth behavioral analysis. He's the author of Smugglers, Inc. and the co-author of Evading Honesty, which are available at bookstores and Amazon. These courses and these books aren't available anywhere except through Triple I Solutions. So go check them out. I'll have the link in the podcast description. I guess we should probably talk about cop stuff. Nobody cares about. We're we're really like hey, off. Food topic. is cop stuff, man. Food is cop stuff. What are you talking about? You are right about that. I, I talked about that a couple of podcasts ago about how I, I don't know if Chipotle for cops is a big thing out there, but man, I ate a lot of Chipotle when I was on the job, and I hadn't been there in like ten months. Oh, it hit the spot. I mean, it was a bad ending, but it hit the spot. <laughs> always is. You know, it tastes good, but yeah, I can't do it. it. Takes me out on the back end. Can't do it. Yeah, it's it's always a bad time. Always a bad time. That's why you go with Chick-fil-A. You can't go wrong with Chick-fil-A. No, and I've never got sick from Chick-fil-A ever. Exactly, right? And they take care of it. They're nice. They're always really happy to see you. They smile. Yeah, take it. Chick-fil-A, man. Yeah, I love the Lord's Chicken. Can't go wrong there. So over the last 13 years, uh, what kind of assignments have you been in? Um, uh, two patrol commands and then basically went over to traffic shortly thereafter. So I did three kind of up in the kind of the ritzier kind of part of town for a while. Then I went down to the, you know, the busier part of the command for about three years. And then uh, a buddy of mine said, Hey, come check out traffic. And I was like, really, man, dude, I hate, I hate traffic reports. <laughs> but and it was like, no, dude, you don't understand. It's traffic. So we go to, I go to traffic and yeah, it was a completely different type of report. It's none of this, none of this like, oh, I think my neck hurts. I'm going to, you know, go see a doctor. No, it's like, no, that dude's messed up, man. <laughs> he's like, either they didn't make it or he's really messed up. So, um, you know, it became more of an investigative kind of thing. So I, I really, I really enjoy doing them now. I mean, it's, it's almost kind of like a puzzle piece. So uh, I've been doing that for like the last six years now. But, okay. Yeah. Now at my agency, I had a buddy that went over the traffic and he was like, He's like, dude, put in for it. And I was like, no. And he's, dude, it is the best job on the department that nobody knows about. Oh, absolutely. Because you kind of get to go do your thing and that's it, right? Yeah, it's just crashes, man. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you're Johnny on the spot. If like a DV happens, you know, domestic violence happens in front of you or a drunk driver or a shooting or whatever happens, you're, I mean, you're still a cop. You can still go do those things if you want to. But I mean, your overall focus is just car crashes. And there's enough of those in the city to keep you way busier than you need to be. 
I'm convinced that people have become worse drivers over the last two years. Now you probably have oh, a yeah. better. Okay. I was going to say, cause it's like nobody drove for two years and then they got back out and they don't know how to act. Well, they'll say the way I say it is people didn't really know how to drive to begin with. Then they went into COVID, forgot how to drive. And now they're back out on the streets, just being worse. The best part about COVID was when everything was actually shut down and dude, I got to work so quick. There was no oh, traffic right? on the highway. It was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And it seems like everyone's going faster. I'm not sure about where you're at, but in Southern California, it's like our, our normal speed. I think every, like you said, everyone get kind of used to no traffic and just speeding. So now it seems like everyone's going 20, 30, 35 miles over the speed limit, like on the routine. I mean, that's normal. Well, okay. Let's, let's talk about this a little bit. I think everybody kind of has their number. I usually go about nine over. I don't speed in town because I'm kind of that guy, like, you know, kids running out or whatever, even like on a highway in town. If there's businesses, I'm just going to go speed limit. But on a highway, nine over, I think, is a nice, good speed where I'm going fast enough that I'm not going to get pissed off, but I probably won't get pulled over. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, I might do 15 if I'm in a super hurry. But yeah, usually I mean, I'm, I'm maybe like five or six over just because, you know, gas is getting so stupid expensive now. I gotta can't go fast anymore. So. Yeah, like five over these days. Now, I live in a rural area, and I know there's probably not a ton of stuff to stop. So I'm like, I don't want to be a target also. So I feel like if I was going 15 over out here, I'm going to get a ticket. In the 25 over down here, man, it's pretty bad. But that's been a thing in Southern California forever, right? Yeah, I mean, but it seems like more people are doing it. (laughs) You know, there used to be like, you know, one or two people in the fast lane going that fast. But now it's like everyone in the number two, one and two lanes are going that fast. Now, I can I feel like I can speak with some authority with this. When the COVID stuff was going on and, you know, the anti-police stuff was going on, no one was doing traffic stops. No one was fucking doing traffic stops. And I think that gave people the idea like, oh, well, fucking cops aren't doing shit. So it's fucking free reign. And it kind of was like people do shit in front of me all the time. And I'm like, yeah, that ain't worth it. I ain't stopping them for that. Is that something that happened in that part of the world too, or am I off base? No, I think there's probably some of that going on. Um, just because like you said, the pushback from, you know, everything that was going on with the, you know, the civil unrest and stuff like that is kind of what it, what it was. And the other thing was the, I think one of the, the funniest meme I saw was, um, it's it was like one of mine, right? I think it was, I think it was the one with the, the doctor on the, and the garb, you know, in the head to toe, you know, safety suit, you know, the EMTs in the same thing, you know, the fire guys in the same thing. And, you know, it goes to us and we got like an N95 mask or something like that. You know, oh, no, like you I saw are... that one. I don't think it was mine. Yeah. That was a good yeah. one though. That's yeah. And it's like, I mean, that was like the, that was like the first month of the pandemic for me and most of my coworkers, you know, you get, you know, you look at the doctors, they're, they're like head to toe, you know, covered, even like the ambulance drivers, they were head to toe covered in these like safety suits and, you know, high speed masks and stuff like that. And like, they give us one, N95 mass and said, you know, use it a couple times before you come get another one. You know, it's just kind of like, <laughs> you guys are getting protection. I'm just out here rolling around, you know? Yeah. The fucking N95 mass, that shit was cracked me up because they just basically, they gave us one and then they gave us a paper bag and they're like, we'll store it in the paper bag and it'll sanitize it. And I'm like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever fucking heard. So yeah, we would fucking like wear weeks, them yeah. until we broke them because they didn't have it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was. That's the way it rules. Yeah. The N95 sucked because it's such a pain in the ass to put on, especially, you know, you're getting out of the car and then you got to fucking like, I don't know. I, and maybe I'm being like a Karen about it, but I thought it was an officer safety thing is especially on a hot call. You're, 
getting out of the car, you're putting the mask on, you're fucking fumbling around with it. And you don't have, you know, you're not paying attention where you should be paying attention. I don't know if you felt the same way. And the cloth was a little bit better because it wasn't such a pain in the ass to put on. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was, it was a, it was a trial and error thing. I think most of the guys were kind of in the same boat. It's like, you know what? I think for the first like week, we were all kind of like, yeah, we should probably do this. Need to sanitize the car, you know, kind of getting with it. But then after that first week or two, we're like, yeah, I'm not seeing it, man. I think we're going to be okay <laughs> because nothing happened to most of us. And, you know, after that, it, it, I think we got a little, I, I myself got a little cavalier with it. It's like, you know, I, I didn't get COVID for the first time until like a month ago, basically. And, you know, it, it I think most people were in the same boat. It's just, we were out there and we we're seeing, you know, day-to-day people going out their day-to-day lives. And, you know, it wasn't the black plague. People weren't, you know, the vast majority of the population wasn't keeling over, you know, right in the middle of the street or anything like that. And, you know, I got very, I'm, I'm going to be okay. I got, I got over the fear very quickly. What a strange time. I mean, it seems so long ago. I mean, I remember when it first started, like nobody called the cops, nothing happened. Like the first week it was just the strangest shit. Everything was closed down. Nobody was calling us. I sat in a parking lot and I fucking watched Tiger King. So that's how I remember, you know, the first week of COVID. I remember watching these videos about, you know, they're sending out videos like how to wash your hands. And I'm like, I'm a fucking 35 year old man. If I, I I'm good. Like you give me a badge and a gun. I'll fucking wash my hands after I take a shit. I'll wash my hands after I do whatever. I just, this type of shit that departments push out because they think it's helping is, is like incredible. Yeah. And that was, yeah. And I think, I think the thing I remember is all the, there's people at the park, not socially distancing, go do something about it. <laughs> it's like, you know, we, we were getting for like the first two weeks, we were getting like just in a 10 hour shift. We were probably getting no joke, like 50 of those calls a day. Are you serious? Yeah, it was bad. I mean, cause I'm a citywide resource. So I'm, I'm scanning for the whole city, you know, it's a, it's a big city. So, you know, I'm listening to, you know, we have nine different, you know, nine different patrol divisions and listen to all of them. You know, you're getting, it was just constantly, you know, Hey, people in the park, not socially distancing that business is open. They're letting people in without masks. You know, it was just, it was just a constant flow of Karen's calling in on people. And you know, most of the time our, you know, our department policy was, you know, it's education only. We're not going to take enforcement action uh, for the most part. And, you know, that's basically what we were doing. It's like, okay, hey guys, you know, somebody called in. You should probably try and stay away from each other. Have a good day. And we drive off, or, you know, I drive around the parks and, you know, people would see me come and they put their mask on. It's like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not even going to say anything to you. You want to be outside and do that? Do your thing, man. But yeah, for the first two weeks, it was, yeah, just a ton of those. The care was there calls. anything enforceable you guys could do? I could never figure it out. I mean, they said, well, you know, you should do this, but I could never. That was my main, my main problem with the whole enforcement action is like what am i citing these people for and it's like they give me this kind of nebulous health and safety code well when you look up that health and safety code that you know the authority for that's only like a like two weeks or something like that and then it expires and has to be renewed every time and it was this there was no hard you will enforce this section you know either you know city section or you know municipal code or you know state mandate or health and safety it was this very nebulous no one could ever tell you give you a straight answer on it yeah we had in Colorado, the health department was, you know, in charge of enforcing it. So like a, a beat cop wasn't going to do anything about it. You know, what we would get down the road, you know, when places started to kind of open up was, oh, hey, they're in here and they're not wearing a mask and we don't want to lose our, our business license. We ask them to leave and they won't leave. We get that type of shit, which at yeah. that point, it's a trespassing call. And then you're all like, well, it's technically a crime now because they asked them to leave. And that was always such a fucking awkward position to be in because the 
you know, the, the state had put the businesses in such fear that they were going to lose their fucking business license. So they were calling about that shit all the time. It, it's just an, it's just such a weird time. And the thing that really sticks yep. out in my mind about all of that is by my house, the city had literally taped like with uh, caution tape and, you know, do not cross a fucking playground. <laughs> right. A playground. And I'm like, this is like dystopian nuclear fucking, you know, fallout. Like we can't play at the park because it's a fucking outside park. I just, that was to me the moment where I'm like, okay, this is, this is, this is a little much, but yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been over it for a while and it was cool. Once we moved to Iowa, the pandemic was over. Oh, right. Um, yeah. It, it was fucking over, dude. We happen. moved out here. No one's wearing masks. And I'm like, this is awesome. And I went back to Colorado uh, over Christmas and people are fucking wearing masks and there's mask mandates. I'm like, this is fucking incredible. How is there a pandemic there and not here? Weird. It was almost county, county to county here uh, where I'm at. You know, one county would be, you know, where I work is very draconian. And the county where I live is, yeah, whatever, man, do you do you. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and then World War Three started and then we're like, all right, COVID's over. Pack it yeah, in. Like we're moving on to... Uh, <laughs> I love the memes and I, I wish I would have got to it before everybody else did. But the, the memes about, you know, everybody's moving on from being a health and safety expert to, uh, you know, war tactics expert. So yeah, foreign, foreign policy expert, foreign also. policy expert. They Man, they get a lot of stuff done on Facebook. Facebook has all kinds of degrees. It's pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. It's a little nuts. Not to like hang on the COVID stuff, too. But then I felt like there's also like this portion of pop. It's. It's weird how divided that whole thing is because half people don't think it actually exists. And I'm like, no, a lot of people died. I mean, like a lot of people oh, yeah. died. It was a thing. I'm um, not discounting that people. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. It's saying I think most people are generally going to be all right. You know, there's oh, no, no, no. I, 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 oh, I'm not. Yeah, this is right? this is on this is an attack on you. I'm just saying. No, yeah, I, no, no. I'm uh, agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. Okay, I got you. Sorry, I, I, but no, there's there's people that don't think it exists, and then there's people out there that think it's like you know, if, if I'm not wearing a mask in my car, then I'm fucking clubbing baby seals. It's like the same thing. Right. And it just, there's, there's a middle ground on fucking everything and nobody sees it. Like, Hey, this is kind of a big deal. Let's, let's, you know, try not to cough on each other, you know? Okay, cool. We're good. Wash your hands, yeah, wear much. a mask if you want to. And it, it wouldn't, you know, I don't think anything would have changed, but anyway, let's talk about cop stuff again, because this is a pot, a, a policing podcast, allegedly traffic shit. I, the one thing I didn't like about the bad wrecks is I'm not the gory stuff. Like I was pretty lucky. I didn't have too many bad fatals. I mean, I had seemed like I went to more auto ped type fatals than I did with like a straight up, you know, high speed collision. That's probably working in the city, but they're just more gory. Like, you know, you go to a death or even like a shooting, eh, but like a body after it's been mangled by a car is just not pretty. Is that, yeah, I mean, does that bug yeah. you or you just don't even care at this point? It kind of depends on on what it is and the, kind of almost on the circumstances. You know, if it's that solo DUI guy that crashes into a tree and takes himself out because, you know, he's driving drunk. You know, I mean, that one's, you know, they're, they're all kind of gory. But I mean, you know, which ones stick with you? You know, it's not necessarily that guy that was doing something stupid and hurt himself or, you know, the the little kid that was crossing the street and, you know, somebody drove up on the sidewalk and took him out. You know, I mean, those are the ones that are, you know, that, that get you. It's the, the innocence behind yeah. it. You know, if you were doing everything right and you still died they're the ones that stick with me um we had a uh, a vehicle pet it was 117 miles an hour they clocked the kid at uh. when he tagged it center punched a pedestrian on the on a city street at 117 plus miles an hour and just you know we get there about uh 20 minutes after it happened and it was about 
almost a half mile scene of just stuff on the roadway you don't really want to see. Oof. Yeah. yeah it was bad. Yeah, that's uh that's never never a good time. Yeah. But I mean for the most part you kind of I mean for the you know you get the it's just oh I broke my arm. That's a serious injury. We need to take it. That's a report, no problem. Um you know we get the fatals but you know I mean it, they don't they don't always stick with you. Um you know the, some of the more gory ones sometimes they do it's kind of weird. It's not it's not like an everyone every one of the dead bodies I see, see sticks with me. There's you know there's it's the the nuances of the of the case that usually make one stick if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think part of it too is you have to realize too, like you're doing it for them, right? Like, all right, this sucks, um, but I'm doing what I'm doing for them because that's what needs to be done, kind of thing. And I think that makes it a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give them, I, give them, give them a little bit of justice in the end, if you can. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think especially something like that, like for their memory, even if it's God, even if it's something they did, at least you know you can document it, and hopefully that helps somebody else down the road. And I. Because, you know, I, I'm not a big stats guy, but all these stats and shit, they go like the the National Highway Safety Board people. And that they're you're going to have to help me with this because I know you're a traffic guy because I don't know exactly what I'm saying. But they keep track of all that stuff to try and make roadways safer, right? Yeah, they are. There's the thing they said in Vision Zero. I'm not sure if that's a statewide initiative or a local one. But the idea was to, you know, get zero pedestrian deaths. And I just think that. You know, a lot of times that the ones that we're getting, there's just, I mean, the driver didn't do, you know, the driver's not always at fault. <laughs> you know, sometimes the pedestrians kind of do, you know, something really stupid and take, you know, get up getting hit by a car. Um, I had a conversation with my kids the other day because we live in a small town, but close to the highway. And I said, hey, look, most people that get hit by cars, it's not the car coming on the sidewalk. I mean, that shit happens, but it's because people walk in the road when they shouldn't walk in the road. Almost, I would say nine times out of 10, it's a pedestrian's fault. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And you'll think I, I was talking to somebody about it and they say it's closure rates. Basically you look up and you see a car, you think it's far away, but you don't realize how fast it's going. And so you think, okay, that car's far away. I have enough time to go. And so you start to cross the street and that car's going, you know, one, it might be speeding or maybe it's just, you know, you just are a poor judge of how fast that car's going. And that's what ends up killing you it's because, you know, you think you have enough time, but you don't. It's just easier just to wait and let the car go. Yeah. And that's, that's what I told my kids is just fucking wait. There's a car coming. Wait, there's not that many cars here. Just fucking wait. People fucking in the city, man, they play Frogger. Yeah. For whatever reason. Cause they, they, you know, even though they don't have anywhere to be, and I know they don't have anywhere to be, they play Frogger. Cause that's, that's what you do. You can't wait for that little guy to give you a little white and a white walking symbol, dude. What the fuck is he okay. called? Does he have a name? Uh, you know they do. I can't remember it off the top of my head. <laughs> the the white crossing guard signal. Person I feel like he like needs that. a name. Yeah, you know, like Bob or something like that. Bob says you can go. <laughs> Bob says you can go. I feel like that could be like a whole campaign. Bob says Bob you says can go. go. Yeah, the the red hand means no. Bob says you can go. Oh, Look at that! Yeah, I like that. That's Look good. at that! That's good. Holy like shit! It. I'm gonna get a job with the national transportation. Yeah, Nitsa. Go. Yeah, go work yeah. for Nitsa. Hey. This is kind of a weird segue, but I remember going to a traffic class in Colorado and they said something about, you know, they collect all this information and it helps them, you know, determine, you know, when building new roads, how to, you know, the lane width and all kinds of crazy shit and the shoulders and all kinds of crazy shit like that. Back, like the further east you go, none of these fucking roads have fucking shoulders. It's wild. But everywhere in the west, every highway has a fucking shoulder. It's crazy to me. Like that's to me, that's a big difference, man. That's a that's a big comfort level. Yeah. You know, you say that and there's something else I was talking to a coworker about. We we're talking about um, I'm not sure how they do it in there, but I mean the right turn arrows or the left turn arrows. 
in California, almost every intersection, especially where I'm working, almost every intersection has a red turn arrow. I mean, you have to, there is no, you know, left turn on green, you know, yield oncoming traffic. Usually nine times out of 10, it's a red or green arrow that tells you you can turn now. You have to wait. What do you think about those? Because uh, Adam Carolla, I don't know if you ever listen to his podcast or his stuff, but he's always bragging about blowing those if nobody's coming, which, you know, like four in the morning, it's, nobody's there. Like I, get, oh, I it should be flashing, you know? Yeah, I, I get that. And it, it's, you know, we, were, we were talking about that, you know, it's, does the state trust you to make your own decisions? You know, because we, my buddy, he's uh, retiring over to Arizona and we were talking about, hey, I'm in Arizona and they don't have that. They have very few of those lights. So it's usually the left turn yield on green. You know, you can do the turn when you need to. And so I wonder what, you know, we were talking about discussing that. It's like, is that some sort of traffic safety data point that has come up that says, you know, these green turn arrows, the red turn arrows save lives or prevent more accidents? And it's like, I don't know, man, it, it might, you know, does the city, does, does your city trust you to make turns or do they make you follow their directions and, you know, do the draconian thing? Anytime the government, you know, and being a former agent of the government, I just, anything they do, I automatically don't trust it anymore. And <laughs> which, a stupid thing like that, like, even like there's the right arrows too. And I'm like, I can see clearly, I can see everything. I know I'm good to go. But the, they're there for the stupid people, right? Like, that's why we have, uh, even though this was disproven on a couple podcasts ago, but that's why we have the warning, the hot coffee thing. That's why we have all these stupid warnings is because there are people that don't. Yeah. It's the whole under the guise of, well, it's for your own protection. And I have a whole well, rant on this, but I don't know if it's PC. So I don't know if I can, if I can go too yeah. far into it. But there's no survival of the fittest anymore. And I'm well, not no, like advocating you know, like that, a bunch of also, people should die, but no, I'm sorry, man. I cut you off. I'm a ahead. huge proponent behind self-driving cars. I know, I'm like a huge proponent behind self-driving cars. I'm all for that. I think that can't get here fast enough just because it's like, I think that would be a great thing to do because it would just remove the human element out of it totally. And just, you know what, you know what, you guys can't be trusted because you're crashing into stuff all the time. We're just going to let the cars drive for you and you can do whatever you want while you're driving at that point. Look, stare at your phone the entire time. That's fine. We'll get you where you need to be so you don't crash. See, but I don't trust those cars, man. Yeah, uh, you don't trust them yet. Yeah, no, I don't trust them. Still... They've killed people already. <laughs> yeah, like three. There's still three people that might be alive if they were driving. Yeah, not like the 40,000 people that you could save by doing those. Yeah, that's it's, it's, that's the argument I always make. It's like, oh, they killed three people. It's like, yeah, you know what? But how many how many of those cars have been on the road? How many people have they actually killed? And how many people do normal drivers kill every year? So I think, you know, if we lose like 100 people to self-driving cars and we get rid of the other 40,000 that are dead every year, I think we're doing all right. Yeah, but then, then you could go really down the rabbit hole and say like, okay, well, we saved 40,000 people, but I died because my car had a mistake. <laughs> I want to live. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. definitely, oh, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, it it makes sense. Uh mathematically i guess you know i guess i'm not yeah. as important apparently than the other forty thousand people whatever who cares that's <laughs> another thing that blows me away is i don't think people understand how many people actually die in wrecks every single year but yet people still drive like fucking assholes oh yeah and they're like oh no that's you know it, it kind of goes back to the, you know the use of force kind of stuff it's like oh my gosh you know this is what happened with the police and it's like dude have you been watching the doctors in this country <laughs> oh yeah, yeah they kill a ton of people all? Oh, that's something like 450,000 people a year or something like that. It's some, it's a ridiculously high number, like drastically ridiculously high number. Like, oh, my God, that's a serious number. It's like, yes, this many people. And it's like, 
accidents. It's not like you go there and you die from, you know, you got COVID and you died, or, you know, you got, you know, tuberculosis and you died. No, it's like, no, they came in and they're like, accidentally severed your artery in your leg and you bled to death. Or, you know, they gave you the wrong medication and you died. You know, it's like, they make us, they make a mistake and you die. And it's like, like 10 or 15 times higher than, you know, any use of force that, you know, we'd ever get with police. And it's like, who are you really afraid of? It's like, I'm afraid to go to the hospital. I'm not afraid of my coworkers. Right. I, I don't know if I brought this up on the podcast and if I did, it was a while ago, but I had an elderly relative that went and got some, a surgery done and she wasn't getting better. She wasn't getting better. And then they went in and checked on her and they're like, Oh, it's because when we went in, we nicked this artery. And so you had internal bleeding, but they still, yeah, you have to be, you, a, you have to get that corrected and B you pay for that. Like, you know, like if you go to Domino's and they fuck up your pizza, you get a free pizza. Oh, sorry. We fucked up your pizza. Yeah. We nick your artery. Hey, that's still going to cost a hundred thousand dollars. My bad. Yeah. I mean, it's a medical malpractice suit. You're going to sue him for it anyway, but it's like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's, that's the thing. You know, it's like you look at that number, how many people, you know, the medical profession, you know, I mean, doctors, I mean, they save lives. I'm not going to discount that, but I mean, medical errors kill way more people, like way more people than I think the general populace realizes. Now, I would be really curious, and I never thought of this until just now, but I don't know even know if there's a way to get this stat, but how many people are saved by medicine each year? It's got to be like yeah, I mean, that's- millions, millions at like oh, yeah. Yeah, 30 yeah, million people. So so that, you know, 450,000 people, that's like, okay, well, I mean, you know, you got to take your chances, right? It's like uh, yeah. my three people versus 40,000. It's like probably a number like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably is. But, you know, when you look at that's not the part, that's not the sensational part, though. That's not the part we're looking at. We're looking at the sensational part. <laughs> yeah. So we don't we don't hate you, doctors. Not that any doctor listens to this. That's there's no, yeah, no, no, that no, no, that's not what I'm saying. It's it's the and like I said, we all kind of, you know, it's like I said, the 13 years I've seen how they the news reports things and, you know, they report the sensational number, you know, that, you know, they don't want to scare people and you know keep people from going to the doctor, but they want to scare people about, you know, us. So, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, well, now I'm just thinking about like, are there any surgeons out there that listen to this podcast while they're doing surgery? And am I the cause of somebody getting their artery nicked because <laughs> they laugh when yeah, I you, make you, a stupid you, joke? <laughs> That's what I'm stuck on. I mean, fuck your point. I'm 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 stuck on me now. <laughs> I did want to ask you about not so much ask, but maybe put it out there for maybe people that don't understand. Because when there's a fatal wreck, the road is usually closed for hours and hours and hours. Can you tell the millions of people that listen to the podcast why that is? Well, I mean, typically, I mean, it's the way the easiest way I usually try to explain it is it's kind of like a mini homicide scene. Because, I mean, a lot of our cases actually end up being vehicular homicides. So, I mean, if you, you know, somebody shot somebody and murdered somebody, I mean, you wouldn't want that cleaned up in five minutes, right? Well, you would because I hate scene security. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, it's the same kind of idea. I mean, we got to go out there. We got to document, you know, how wide, how wide the roadway is. You know, are there any skid marks from the car prior to the collision, after the collision? You know, was there anything that said, you know, the pedestrian was at fault because he stepped off the corner? Was he riding a bike? I mean, there's all that physical evidence that you would, you know, you'd think you'd try and grab it at a, at a you know, at a murder scene or something like that. You're still, it's, it's like a murder with cars, basically. So we're taking all that stuff and grabbing all that physical evidence. And we got to document it all too. Like it's not just taking photos. It's like, okay, I got to create a scene diagram that says, you know, it's accurate within inches of, you know, where this all stuff all happened. So it's all pictures and, you know, it's like CSI and, you know, crime scene stuff with cars. So the reason it takes so long is just because there's a ton of information we got to grab. Do you guys have the cool like camera scene thing that takes like a 3D of the scene? 
No, we don't have a laser scanner. Those are really cool. Um, we have basically it's survey equipment, the same stuff you do see the, you know, the roadway workers, you know, surveying the roadway, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. It's my like, old department had that 3D scanner thing and I heard that was pretty fucking cool. It's pretty cool. We, we are, our crime scene investigation unit. So the guys that do like the murder investigations, the actual like, Hey, this guy was murdered in his house, that kind of thing. They have one, they don't use it very often. And they let us play around with it one time. It did some pretty cool scene diagrams. I mean, it got everything. Um, we are on the low end of that budget. So we got this old machine that's basically just, you know, survey equipment. So you go out there and you go out to each little point, you hit a little button, it measures the distance and remembers it. And then you go to the next one. So science, right? Yeah. Trigonometry, man. That's all it is. Oh, that that's a big word. I don't like that. That's scary. Yeah. No, Trigonometry, uh, geometry is all it is. Yeah, that's that's not for me. I'm uh, I'm not a big math guy. I can multiply about anything in my head, but uh, anything beyond that, that ain't happening. Now, that was a weird flex, by the way. I can multiply. <laughs> Good for you. I can do math. <laughs> I can do the big maths. I got my certificate. Um. You put something uh, when I was asking about some stuff before we got going about the big power outage in 2011. I don't know what the fuck yeah. that was. What what was that? What happened? Was there like a? I, it sounds kind of vaguely familiar, but help me out. What what happened there? It was pretty crazy. I remember the day. It was like I think it was September the eighth. I think it was. So it was like right around 9/11, and like two o'clock in the afternoon, like the power goes out. And so I'm like, oh, okay, you know, power goes out. It's you know it's hot. You know, I can kind of see that brownout or whatever but it didn't come back on <laughs> like an hour goes by and the power's still off two or three hours goes by the power's still off. And, you know, anything over, you know, 20, 30 minutes is usually there's something that's not normal, you know? And uh, turned out that there's some relay station in, I think it was in Nevada or something like that, that blue. And so most of Southern California, all the way up to like the middle of the state, a good portion of Nevada and a good portion of Arizona was like completely without power. It was like one of the biggest power outages in Southern California history. So, and it was out for a good almost 12 hours. And, you know, I mean, that's like, I mean, that's like pitch black darkness, the entire, you know, Southern half of California. So, I mean, all the streetlights were out, all this power. I mean, everything was out. I mean, there's, unless you had a generator plugged into something like a, like a hospital or a police station there, it was dark. Is it fucked up that I don't really remember that? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of a big deal if you're in Southern California. I think most of the people are just kind of like, eh, whatever, power outage, California, whatever. But, um, you know, seeing people's reaction to that was kind of crazy because, you know, you talk about preparedness and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, shutting down roadways, how people freak out when, you know, there's no power. People had forgotten to charge their cell phone, so their cell phone batteries were running out. You know, they hadn't filled up their tank on the way into work, so all the gas station pumps were out, so they couldn't get home. They were stranded where they were because they ran out of gas. Uh, you know, people couldn't call anything. You know, internet was down. I mean, it was it was really kind of a... It, you know, you're talking about post-apocalyptic stuff. There's kind of that had an edge to that kind of a feel like, oh, my God, it's just like, a, and that's where my, where my head went initially. It's like, it's very close to September 11th. You know, this seems like a man-made, this seems like this is something, not just your normal power outage. I wonder if this is, you know, some sort of terrorist attack, you know, because it was right around the anniversary and it kind of made sense. And it turned out that, that was, was kind of the thing that was going around for a while, too, is I felt like we were getting some information about, like, you know, there's going to be attacks on, you know, these power stations and shit. And it never never really came i mean i'm sure it still could but that that could do a lot of fucking damage here man yeah i mean all it was just like one or two trip circuit breakers and that's basically what happened the same thing happened in texas when you start looking at you know power power is a huge thing we're so reliant on it in our in our daily lives that we don't we take it all for granted you know you you expect when you flip the light switch the light's going to come on 
And, you know, when it doesn't, everybody <laughs> kind of starts to kind of freak out a little bit, you know? Um, they were sending us to, I mean, I was off duty that day, but they ended up calling us in to like, hey, you need to go just patrol basically because, you know, they're having, you know, issues at some of the grocery stores because the grocery stores, you couldn't buy food because all the, all the, all the machines were down. I mean, you couldn't swipe your ATM card. If you didn't have cash, you weren't getting anything, you know? So, you know, hey, go to the, you know, go down by the grocery stores, make sure there's no riots or anything like that. People are kind of freaking out. Just get out there and just kind of, you know, keep the peace basically. But, you know, that, that was the kind of era that was going on. It's like, whoa, what's going on? So close to September 11th. So I'm sure you really saw the best of people during that. Yeah, you did. There was quite a few of that. I mean, the people are coming together, having barbecues in the backyard. People bust out candles, share with the neighbors. Oh, you know, man, I was being sarcastic. Fuck. Oh, no, you didn't see that. That did, that, that did actually happen. But you did <laughs> see you did see a little bit of the ugly side, too, though. Um, it wasn't a whole lot of it, but it was it was definitely there. Good times. Well, let's talk a little bit about your uh, your side hustle, because every good cop has a good side hustle and you have a fucking pretty badass one man so uh tell the millions of people about what you do on the side so i started a company called stone griffin tactical um and basically my it's my one idea so my one idea is that um i needed uh to get into a house on a check the welfare you know you get those check the welfare's old lady can't reach the door hey you know we haven't heard from my grandma so i get to this door and it's got one of those metal screen security doors in front of it you know they're always so prevalent mm-hmm. and uh, i couldn't get into it so it's like Oh crap! So you know, I had what I had had on my patrol belt, and I'd been a cop for about five or six years at that point. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm calling the fire department. So I call the fire department. Takes them about another ten minutes to get out there. They pop the door with a halligan, and you know, they walk in. So I was like, okay, that's ten or fifteen minutes. I had to wait for somebody that could be dying of CPR on the other side or needing CPR. And I thought that was a very bad place to be. You know, you get that like, it's that you know helplessness feeling. You know, you want to help somebody, but you can't. And there's just just one little thing that's keeping you from doing it. So I basically made a, the best way to describe it, it's a rescue multi-tool. Um, it's got a little bit of everything on there. You know, it's all those tools that you need just to kind of help you get to where you need to be, whether it's a, you know, a house rescue, a vehicle rescue, fire, you know, camping situation, outdoor survival, zombies, you know, whatever you run into, it's 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 the tool you need to have on you because it's lightweight, um, it's, inex- it's inexpensive, so you can buy it cheaply um, and you can carry it on you. So the idea was to basically bridge that gap between all the cool guy SWAT toys and all the cool guy toys that the fire department has in, you know, basically run up with nothing. So. Yeah, I like it. I had a, I was telling you, I had a call when I was a young pup and I ended up on the back of this business for containment, but some crackhead. And I, I use that term like literal, like a crackhead had kind of maybe taken some people hostage in this little store and she'd fucking lock the doors. And so we get this call like, Hey, this lady has a knife and you know, she's chasing us around the store and nobody, it took a lot to get into that fucking store because nobody had anything and it really shouldn't have. And, you know, after that, they put, you know, like, I don't even know what the fuck they put in the trunk of the cars with these big clunky pieces of shit, which I guess it would have worked, but it didn't seem very convenient. And uh, and then you came along with this thing and I'm like, that's fucking cool, man. I, I would definitely invest in that if I was still on patrol. Fuck, I still might anyway, because I go out and do shit. It's, it's a cool tool to have. I mean, there's so many ways you can use it. Yeah, I mean, it's got the axe blade on there. It's got, you know, a glass breaker axe. So you can, you know, hack through windshields, hammer, you know, got pry bar down at the bottom, kind of like an ads on a halligan. And then it's even, uh, when you look at it, there's a little T-shaped gap at the top. That's for residential gas valves. So you can turn off gas valves on the side of your house too. So um, it's a neat little tool and it, it's not to replace the halligan. It's basically exactly like you said. It's it's that tool you need just right now to go grab something to break into that one little thing when you need to do it instead of sitting there waiting for, you know, those 
the the heavy expensive the cool guy toys that show up there you know super expensive and heavy and everything like that you know the dream is to have one in the back of every patrol car next to the fire extinguisher you know it's not that tool you need every day but you know when you need it you need it right now and somebody's life can depend on it absolutely and the other thing too is guy everybody has their different way of breaking into a window and i've definitely seen a lot of times where dudes, you know, whether they have a little hammer in their pocket and that fails or they have one of those spring loaded things and they fail. Uh, I don't think you call it, this is called the C tax, right? Did I say it right? Yeah. C tax. Yeah. If I don't think that would fail breaking a window, that would be like right there. No problem. Yeah. That's what I designed it for. So it's designed just to cut right through that, the safety glass on windshields or side windows or anything. I just punches right through them. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I, I see that and I'm like, fuck, man, there's so many times I could have used that and I didn't have it. So it's it's and a cool you know, thing, man. Yeah, and that's the that's the funniest thing about it. You know, when you show it to somebody, there's two things that usually happen. You know, as soon as they grab it, they're like, Yeah, this thing's really cool. And you can kind of see it clicking in their head, like, Yeah, this thing's really cool, this is awesome. And they like immediately start to kind of like look around for something to hack into. <laughs> so it's like they just want to destroy something with it immediately. And, you know, most cops have a similar story to yours. I mean, there's always that one time, hey, I, I needed this tool. I needed something like this and I didn't have it. And, you know, I think that's I think that's the worst part is that, you know, so many cops have recognized that that need. And so far, nobody's really done anything about it. Yeah. Do you have a, a great product, man? And I, I hope, you know, we, we've I've promoted it on the page before and, you know, we're talking about it now. I, I hope this gets some ex- much needed exposure, not just for you, but because people need that. I mean, it's, it's a great tool to have. I, I mean, guy out in the middle of nowhere, you don't have a bunch of resources. I, that would be a fucking phenomenal thing to have in your car. So now what I do want to talk about though, man, I've been getting a lot of spam emails. I haven't even been looking at porn. What the hell? God, is that still a thing? Spam emails? Do you still get spam emails? I know that's really off topic, yeah. but I, I, I went no, to open up my like- phone to go to Instagram and I was like, I don't, what is this? Yeah, I still I get a bunch of them. Actually, I started getting some really funny ones because uh, I made the tool. I really wanted to make it in America, and so I found a, a forge up in Detroit to make them up there. And when I was looking for forges, I was doing internet searches, and so now I, I get all these like random emails from like, "Hey, I'm this guy in China. I, we make great tools, and we'll be happy to make your tool for you. You know, send us a, you know send us an email. And we'll you know quote your price and stuff like that. You should make it here in, in China. We do a lot of really great stuff. And it's like hard no. no. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, I get like probably get three or four of those emails a week. It's pretty funny. I, uh, I haven't lived in my, my house in Colorado in years and I don't know what the fuck happened, but over the last like five months, cause I sold my, I think I sold my house in like 19. So I haven't had it for a while. And over the last five months, I've gotten all these fucking, you know, text messages, emails. Hey, do you want to refinance your house? And I'm like, I haven't lived there. Where did you get this information? And half of me thinks like my brother put me in just to be a dick. Cause that would be a funny way to get somebody right. Is like oh, yeah. some, you know, one of these mortgage pages and, and put some, if you know somebody's personal information, I mean, it's relentless, man. They really want to give me a mortgage, but I, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Text messages. Who yeah. Who would have thought there's that many mortgage companies, but man, there fucking is man. And every single one of them has my fucking phone number. Yeah, calling you. We want to refire your house. Do you want to sell your house? I've gotten, I've started to get a couple of those calls too. Hey, we're buying houses in your area. You're thinking about selling. How's the market in uh, in California? It's 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 still rising pretty high, isn't it? Yeah, um, I bought like I said, I, I almost moved about the same time you did. I moved up where I have my current house in twenty, like right at the tail end of twenty nineteen, so like just before COVID hit. And um, yeah, from between now and then, I'm up 
got almost 30% or something like that from the buying price to the price I can get for it now. He's OP. Yeah. My, the house I sold, it must've been 20. No, nah, it was 20 when I sold it actually, but the house I sold in 20, I get emails on it still like, Hey, your house is worth this. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. If I just held on for six months, I'd be a millionaire now. Oh, right. It's incredible, man. It's, it's just incredible. Yeah. That's man. That's got to pop at some point. Yeah. And that's kind of, you're kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. Um, you know, we got in low, but man, yeah. If you want to sell now, that's, that's a thing. A lot of my, I think, well, my department lost 150 guys from October to December <laughs> to other departments. Everybody bailed out because of COVID restriction stuff. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what they did. Everybody bailed out of California and left. And you know, you, that, that's big, that's big money for California. I mean, you, you know, sell your house for, you know, two or $300,000 over what you paid for it. And then you go to some other, you know, some other state. Yeah, I mean, you're buying a house outright for that, basically. Have you noticed a, a mass exodus, exodus? Let me try that again. Have you noticed a mass, I can't say that, a mass exodus uh, from California, not just cops over the last like six months? Or is that kind of overblown? Uh, it kind of feels like it. Um, it feels like a lot of people are moving. Uh, a, a lot of people are leaving, um, cops especially. But, you know, it just kind of seems like there's a lot of movement. You know, people are, you know, I got friends that aren't cops and they're, you know, a lot of them have moved out of California and they're thinking about moving. And here's the big U-Haul suit shortage. You know, there's, you know, all the U-Hauls were going out of California and they had none to rent. You know, it was, you, had to, you had to bring it back. They had no one-way delivery for U-Hauls for a while. So I had that in Colorado, moving. man. It was really hard to get a U-Haul to get out here. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I, by the way, fuck your, your state. Cause it ruined Colorado. All you, all the people left <laughs> and went to Colorado first and now they're migrating other places to ruin other States. Thanks a lot. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Whatever, man. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. No, that's what, that's the, that's the funny meme. It's like, you know, keep your politics, you know, you left for a reason, keep your politics there. I never understood that why somebody would leave. Well, I get for jobs. Like people will leave, to a major metropolitan area because there's, you know, another hub there, you know, where their business and they can get a promotion. I understand that, but it, it it's wild to me. People leave, leave somewhere and then they want to change it to where they, they left. Why you left. It makes no yeah, sense. You yeah. You left because it got bad. Why are you trying to make it bad here? You're, yeah. You're, you're voting for the exact same policies you voted for out there. And that's it did not work very well for you, but we haven't tried real communism yet. Okay. <laughs> we tried in California. We didn't get real communism. We need to try it here in Austin, Texas. Um, right. Austin. I said that specifically. He poor cops out there. That has to be one of the worst places to be a cop. I think. Cause the rest of Texas is like pretty normal. And then Austin's just this big blue ball of shit. No, nah, man, it, it's gotta be Seattle or Portland. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That you're right. I would, you know, I always ask people if the job's dead, but really we should try and determine what's the worst place. Cause I think Austin's probably there a little bit, Chicago, Minneapolis, PD, NYPD, Seattle, Portland. There's probably another yeah, one I'm I mean, not thinking of. It's gotta be varying degrees of suckage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely. You're always gonna have cops. I mean, I think I think we, you know, not to toot our own horn, but I think we do have that we do have that we're going to stay you know some don't want to leave because of the pension some don't want to leave because it's a good job but i think when it comes down to it i think a lot of us want to help people you know we want to do the job you know we believe in the job and you know some of us are going to stay but i mean at some point you gotta you know you gotta make your own decision on that and i, I would like to see what that would be an interesting 
an interesting poll, I think, you know, what's who has it the worst, you know, because I mean, you know, either city policies or city politics or, you know, support of the city or whatever it is, you know, what makes who, who's got it the worst. <laughs> right. Oh, Philly, Baltimore. Those would be two other places, too, that are pretty rough. Yeah, it's oh, that, uh, might be a good, that might be a good fundraising thing. Like who's got the worst and we'll send them like, you know, a pallet of coffee or something or, you know, some cool prize or something like that to, to help boost their spirits. <laughs> yeah. Um, get well soon cards or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good idea right there. Good get well soon cards and you know, some free, yeah, sympathy free cards. Sorry, the job is dead. Go. Here's a poorly made police meme sticker. Hey, you know, it could. I mean, hey, kids, kids and stickers, man. Kids and st- kids love stickers. Kids and stickers. All right, and we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Oh, hello there. Are you enjoying this elegant podcast? You're listening to this extremely well-produced podcast, sipping yingling out of a poorly made police memes pint glass, or sipping tea out of a PMPM mug. Of course, I must have on my poorly made police memes shirt and socks while making love to myself while listening to the podcast. You can be like me and purchase these items in the poorly made police memes teespring shop. Hmm. Good day, sir. I wanted to get into, uh, since we talked about good gear that you need, which is a SeaTax, we need to talk about unnecessary gear, which I went to Instagram and you guys did not let me down about some of the unnecessary things they see out there. But yeah. you had a good story about somebody that had been OC'd, and I want to hear about that before we get into this. <laughs> it was one of those calls you're kind of like, what the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> so it comes out as a disturbance call. So we go to this restaurant and apparently there's this guy yelling and screaming in the bathroom. That's not new. I mean, we get those calls all the time, right? So we're like, all right, let's go get this guy out of the bathroom. So, you know, we, we get the guy, you know, get him to unlock the door. We open the door and this guy has literally has his head buried in the toilet, like up to his shoulders. <laughs> like, it's like Home Alone. That's what I picture is that scene in Home Alone. Oh, yeah. But he's doing it to himself. There's nobody yeah. doing it to him. It's like and there's about an inch of water all over the ground. And he's just flushing the toilet with his head in there. It's like, we're like, what the? Sir, get your head out of the toilet. Get your head out of the toilet. And he's just, he has mumbled, blah, 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 blah. And so we end up going hands-on with a guy who pulled him out of the toilet. And he's like fighting us to get back into the toilet, which is kind of a weird thing to do. And he's like covered in head to toe in water. And, you know, this is not the best part of town. And it's like the kind of, the, the you know, the greasiest, worst restaurant you could ever want to be in. And he's sticking his head in this public toilet. And, you know, and he's just, in, I mean, completely incoherent. He's just yelling and screaming and, you know, just can't get anything out of him. Can't tell us what's wrong with him. I mean, he's just fighting this, you know, all day long. And it's like, what the hell's going on? So we're thinking excited delirium, right? This guy's on something. So, you know, we call the medics. Medics show up and, you know, it takes them 10 minutes, 15 minutes to get out there. And we finally, you know, we kind of had to restrain this guy. We had him handcuffed and we walk him out to the ambulance and he finally kind of starts to calm down a little bit. And you're like, dude, what's, what is going on with you? And he's like, some Matt Damon looking motherfucker OC'd me. <laughs> like, Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, so I'm going to get that. And he just starts cursing at us and yelling and screaming and stuff. And we're like, do you want to press charges? He's like, no, get the hell away from me. I don't want to, you know, he recognizes that we're cops and, you know, he's one of those people, you know, you can't have a victim without a victim. You know, yeah. so he's like, get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. Leave me alone. Let me go with medics just and just just fighting us the whole way. So it's like, all right, you know, when you go with medics, you know, we want to help you. But he's like, no, get away from me. So we're like, all right, you know, then, you know, we, we, we can only help, you know, those that want help. So, you know, we were trying to do everything we could to get the guy, you know, hey, let, let us take this guy to jail for doing this too. And he's like, no, get away from me. Get away from me. So, yeah, but <laughs> dude buried his head. Yeah. Up to his shoulders, into the toilet, fl- swirling himself to the fight where you got to like fight him off the toilet. It's pretty funny. Did you guys ever track down Matt Damon to make sure it wasn't him? 
no we didn't like i said he was like no i don't want anything to get away from me i'll take care of it it's like all right you know we can't can't help you so that was that was an interesting call i can just picture matt damon and him getting in some kind of scuffle over you know whatever they're eating in the restaurant and uh (laughs) matt damon pulls out his pepper spray and says how do you like them apples right (laughs) spicy i like them spicy yeah, anytime I can fucking make it. What the hell's that movie? Um, Goodwill Shock- Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Yes. Yeah. Goodwill Hunting. That's a good movie, actually. Yeah, Robin Williams, movie. fantastic in that movie. Yeah, you know, I really hated when Robin Williams died. That one, he he was a really funny dude. I really, you know, celebrity deaths usually don't get me, but man, I, not that I had a personal relationship with Robin Williams or anything like that, but that's like, oh man, not Robin Williams, anybody but him. Well, yeah, there was like some really, I mean. I think suicide is always surprising, but there was some really, you know, Chris Cornell, uh, Chester Bennington, you know, Robin Williams. It was just a like a really rough stretch there of celebrity suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Which would probably not be a good name for the podcast. I'll probably not name it episode 67 <laughs> celebrity suicides. <laughs> oh God. All right. Well, we're going to hell for that one. All right. So speaking of pepper spray, that was actually one of the things on this list of unnecessary gear. What do you think? Do you think pepper spray is necessary or unnecessary? What are your thoughts? Uh, I wouldn't say unnecessary because I mean, there's always a, a time and place for it. But I can tell you, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've used it in 13 years. I just, I just haven't needed the need to use it. I just don't use it. I mean, I wouldn't say it's completely unnecessary, but it's definitely one of those things. I, it's not my initial go-to when I go to you know do stuff. So. I took it off my belt. I didn't carry it. Yeah. I carry the smallest one I can. We're required to have one on us and I carry the smallest absolute, you know, lightest one I can carry just because I don't want to carry it. Our policy said that you had to either have a taser or pepper spray or both. And I would always qualify on pepper spray, which, which is qualifying on pepper spray is the fucking dumbest shit ever. Spray this at a little, you know, cardboard head. Great. You're qualified for the year, but I'd always quote unquote, qualify for it but i i never carried it. i'm like i'm never gonna use this and i i hardly use my taser either um but i i found that would be way more useful than fucking pepper spray it, it just makes everything worse i i don't see a need for it these days i mean people have said for dogs and stuff in the past but i just i get that i mean you don't want to hurt a dog and you know that's a good way to get the dog away from you is pepper spray the spicy spray but I don't know, maybe in like a riot control situation, pepper spray is good, but I, I, I think it sucks. You know, for dogs, the most effective one I found was a fire extinguisher, man. You hit a dog with OC. I've done that a couple of times. Dog just kind of look at you. But man, you hit a dog with a fire extinguisher, like the powder, you spray it at them, you know, like you're going to put out a fire. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they do not like fire extinguishers. Why do you have a fucking fire extinguisher? In the back of my car, man, everyone, I'm not sure how you guys roll, but we roll fire extinguishers in the back of our cars. I'm telling you right now, if I had a dog after me, I would never think to go to my car and look. Actually, I don't think we had fire extinguishers. We didn't have shit in our cars. You know, they said like there was a little checkbox for a uh, AED. Nobody had fucking AEDs in their car. I think we were supposed to have fire extinguishers, too. I don't think they were actually ever in there, though. Occasionally, you get a car with one. But I would never think to go to my car to get a fire extinguisher to, to spray a dog. Neither did I. That was not something I ever thought about. Then my buddy, uh, he retired from NYPD and he came to work for us. And, you know, basically the second job was working for us and uh, my department. And he was like, fire extinguisher, dude. And I was like, what, seriously? Are you kidding me? Fire extinguisher? I said, yeah, dude, fire extinguisher. We got one of those calls. No, no. He said, yeah, dude, fucking fire extinguisher. eh?" 
Forget about it. it. No, no, no. We're going to spray it. I was like, oh, okay, I guess so. All right. You know, I want to see this. This is going to be interesting to watch. So, yeah, sure as shit, fire, uh, you know, Pitbull had like mauled this guy and we're trying to get the guy away from the, you know, get, you know, get to the guy for rescue. And the dog started to kind of charge us. Partner sprayed the fire extinguisher at it. We didn't see the dog the rest of the call. <laughs> it was like that dog was gone, man. Huh. Interesting. I, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but he wrote shitty reports, huh? Yeah, he did okay. He was he was a supervisor though, so. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Some of those. Not no offense, to NYPD guys, but you guys don't know what a fucking report is. Your detectives do, but street guys, you write like two sentences, and you're like, "All right, detectives take it." it that was wild to me. He was telling me about the uh, the arrest process. I mean, we can do where I work. You know, an arrest is you know might take you an hour, hour and forty five minutes. You know, you do the paper, you got two hours. Dude, he says that's like an all day ordeal. You arrest somebody, it's like a twelve hour deal for one guy. And I in, heard a story out of New York where some guy, they call him callers out there, right? They celebrated yeah. like his hundredth caller and it was like, I don't know, like 15 years into his career. And I'm like, holy shit, dude, I, on a good year, I'll get that in a year. Yeah. Maybe, just, you know, it, maybe it, over two just... years, three years, but a hundred over like a 15, 20 year career. He's like, oh, he's a fucking legend. He has a hunger callers. That's it. Yeah. I mean... That's the way he was describing it. It's like it's a it's you know, you're if you get a guy at the beginning of the shift, you're probably going to get overtime on it. You know, if you get in the middle, you're definitely getting overtime because they just they have to do like the way he explained it. I think was that they have to do the whole process. I mean, they got to talk to the DA, they got to talk to the judge. I mean, it's almost you're almost arraigning and you know basically you know doing everything right then and there before you can cut the guy loose. You know, there's an NYPD guy I want to get on the podcast eventually, but he's kind of a public figure, so I don't want to like get too much into that shit. But here's my open invitation: if there's an NYPD cop that uh, wants to come on the podcast anonymously and talk about some of that shit, I would be really interested to hear it. Yeah. Especially with their, uh, their use of force updates. I heard like they can't put upper body weight. They can't push. They can't. Oh yeah. That's incredible. That's fucking incredible. You can't arrest somebody. Somebody resists. You can't arrest them. Hey dude, go ahead and go. Yeah. We'll put you on the honor system. Put these handcuffs on you. If you feel like you need to go in the local of the day. Yeah. Crazy. Here's one that came up on the list a bunch of times and I don't, I'm on the fence with it. I'd be curious what you think. Are you familiar with that guardian angel device? It's like you put it on your shoulder and it's like red and blue lights. It'll flash. Yeah. I got a partner that has one of those. <laughs> I had a guy that had one of those and he had something else on his hand too. And I fucking called him iron man. Cause I was like, what is all this shit on you? I think it's kind of goofy. I get the point of why you would maybe have those, you know, to be visible, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think I would, use one of those i i i don't know i feel like that's just something extra to be extra what do you think yeah i mean i can get you like i said i can get the you know hey i'm right here come find me kind of thing you know but i mean it's definitely one of those like that's just something else you're gonna have to hit a button on you know <laughs> like whatever you're doing it's a, that's another muscle memory thing you got to do when you got to do you know your body your own camera and your gun your, your you know flashlight you know taser that's just another thing you gotta like get out of the car talk on the radio hit my hit my shoulder light and then go i mean yeah i I've never been on a call where I was like, I wish I had a shoulder light. Yeah, I, I've never thought that. I mean, there was one time I got into a foot, foot pursuit in a neighborhood I wasn't super familiar in, but I could hear the cars come in and I could kind of direct them in with my voice and like, all right, I know I ran south from my car and then west. Okay. I never like, I don't know. I was like kind of fighting with the dude still too. So I'm not going to like think to hit my beacon. I think it's like the idea is a good idea. I think like a GPS on the radio would be a better thing than that. I was going to also go into the traffic part of it. I'm kind of a believer. I never like doing traffic stops on the highway. Yeah, no, no, nobody does. But 
you know, occasionally shit would happen. You would do it. But the, I, I feel like the lights are sometimes like a magnet, especially for drunks. And they like go towards the light. And I, I don't know, man. And I mean, this is kind of like probably close to home for some people because two Pennsylvania state troopers got killed on something like that a couple days ago. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just a weird thing for me, but I, I just, I feel like I, that's like another reason I wouldn't want to wear it, especially if for whatever reason I'm on the highway, then I feel like that like makes me a target. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that kind of makes sense. And you don't want to draw, I mean, it, that's dangerous enough as it is. You don't want to add, you know, Hey, Hey, I'm here, hit me here, that kind of thing. But uh. yeah, I don't. And it's weird too, because the, the whole point of the lights is to, for people to avoid it, but I'm, I'm telling you drunks. Oh yeah. Of those yeah, fucking lights, more. man. Yeah, we've had we've had a couple of those on scene where we're doing a you know big collision investigation where a DUI driver had crashed into something and then you know we're working that scene and then a DUI driver drives through our barricades and crashes into the DUI car. So it's like, yeah, two crashes on the same thing because it happens guys, all the time, man. I feel like every yeah. cop has a story of one of those where they're on a DUI and the fucking guy hits rams a patrol car. Yeah. It, and then another DUI guy comes by and hits the hit already hit patrol car. <laughs> it's, it crashes into your already crashed scene. <laughs> Yeah, here's here's the solution. Stop driving drunk, assholes. How about that? Yeah, easy, easy concept. So here's one that is um, maybe close to home for you. The traffic wheel. Do you think that's necessary or unnecessary? The traffic wheel? Yeah, do you have like one of the little wheels to measure distance? Or do you guys oh, don't I have that because you're serving? <laughs> Say what now? I use the crap out of that thing. <laughs> See, I think that depends on where you're at. I think a traffic guy, like you want one of those. Oh yeah, traffic guy. Yeah, but for normal police officers, yeah, I mean, generally, I, I mean, and that's I, and that's where it gets comes down to accuracy. You know, I think for our investigations in traffic, you want to be as accurate as possible, like a couple inches or you know a foot. You want that. You want that accuracy. But for patrol, I mean, if you're just documenting, you know, dude A bumped into dude B. I mean, do you really need to be? You know, he bumped him to 175 feet south of that curb line. Does it really matter? I mean, you could be off by like 10 feet, and that's really not going to change anything. Oh yeah, man. My, I mean, my traffic accidents had fucking alligators and emus in them and shit. So they were right. obviously very, they were very accurate, very accurate yeah. reports. So yeah, I mean, I mean, traffic wheel. I mean, like I said, if it's your assignment, yeah, you probably need one. But if you're not, yeah, I don't think you need one. I mean, it's fun to have, but I mean, yeah, you really don't need one, man. What about CPR mask? Yeah, I, I would say they're not necessary. Uh, which was kind of what this guy was saying. I would say they're not necessary because I think the new information now is that the mouth to mouth thing isn't really necessary and you should only be doing compressions. I don't know if that's the, that was my understanding the last time I went through first aid, but I, I don't think I'm certified anymore. So it might've changed. And that's one of those things that changes a little bit. It seems like every two years. Yeah. It changes every two years. Uh, I have one because I usually carry mine. I have a big, I'm one of those, I'm kind of a Geardo, as you can know, because I designed my own rescue tool. <laughs> Do you call it a Geardo? I like that. I've never heard it before <laughs> like that. I, a Geardo. I've heard another yeah. term, but I can't repeat that. But Yeah, a Geardo. So um, I had a mother drown her baby on purpose call. Ugh. And yeah, and I had to do a mask. I had to do mouth to mouth. I ended up getting really sick. Um, the kid made it, thank God. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got really sick from that because the kid had, you know, defecated and done everything in the water, and I'm doing mouth to mouth on the kid. And yeah, so I got sick for about, I think it was about three weeks after that. I was really sick. Um, so yeah, I carry I carry a mask all the time anyway, just in case. So, but well, yeah, that I mean, makes for the most part, and you know, that's kind of that's kind of what you run into. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, when I go to the first aid class, especially in my department, for the longest time, 
it was, hey, you know, if this person's got a laceration, you do this. If this guy's got a, you know, uh, a fork through his eye, this is how you stabilize it. This is how you kind of do it, a field improvised tourniquet. It was all this like 1950s first aid stuff, you know? And <laughs> yeah, you know, I was I was active duty army. I mean, I got out of the army in 2007 and, you know, gotten, gone to Iraq and came back and, you know, we were doing, you know, TCCC, you know, tactical combat casualty care since like 2002. I mean, we've been doing that for a really long time. And, you know, when I go to the first aid class for the department, it's like, yeah, you're going to take the, the the ring off a Gatorade bottle and, you know, you know, you get some sort of, you know, cloth and you wrap it around this and this is how you do a tourniquet. And like, why the fuck would I wait that much to just grab a cat tourniquet out of my bag and throw that thing on there? Um, yeah. By the yeah, way, if you really... don't have a fucking tourniquet at this point in time in your career, go buy a fucking tourniquet. Yeah, I, I, there's I mean, several I guess... people I am not to give. I'm going to give some free shout outs here. But um, I to the like at least two people that advertise on Poorly Made have fantastic tourniquets. You have Refuge Medical and you have V Development Group. And there's a bunch of others out there, too. I would go to those two because they show me love. But go buy a tourniquet like go buy a fucking your own first aid kit. Cause uh, is the department even issuing them? Do you guys get issued a good first aid kit or no? Actually as a nonprofit ended up buying ours. Um, our department wasn't buying them initially. You had to go through some extra training and they were through a grant, but we finally started getting them. But I mean, like I said, that, that those tourniquets came out in like 2003, 2004 timeframe. We didn't get them until like 2015 or something like that. I mean, it was just like, how, how are you with this far behind on, you know, gunshots are, you know, gunshots and stabbings are what we need. There's our bread and butter. That's what we need to worry about. I don't need, if, if the guy's not bleeding out, we can wait the three minutes for medics to come out and to treat your, you know, your minor burn or something like that. Or, you know, if you got a broken arm, we can just say, Hey, don't move. And the medics will be here in three minutes to take care of you. I mean, if you're bleeding out, you need to take care of that shit right now. So yeah, tourniquets all day long. You need like three or four. Of them. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had one on me at all times, which I think we'll get into a conversation about that in a minute. And then uh, I had one in my bag too. So I always had two. It, yeah, it, I, mean, I, I was kind of surprised when I went through, I went through a, a tactical casualty care, which I actually, I want to, at some point I got to talk to him and see if it'll come on. I know a guy that runs one and he's a fucking fantastic dude. And yeah. so I went through that. And at the end of that, they gave me a kit. And then when I left the department, they're like, well, we need that. I'm like, no, fuck you. I went to a training class. They gave it to me at the end. Well, it's technically ours. Like, fucking dicks. All right. But did you pay for it? No, it didn't. Mine. <laughs> yeah, right. No. And I, but uh, not to give another a little plug to Refuge, but I have a couple of theirs now and they fucking blow me away. They're fucking awesome. Great shit in there. Yeah. Which again, it's like one of those things. I wish I fucking had it when I was on patrol, but here we are. All right. The next one we're going to move on to is uh, boots that have to look cool. I'm going to go ahead and disagree here. You should look good in your uniform. Shine your fucking boots, you boot. Well, see, that's it. Well, I need I need a little bit more clarification. Boots that look good, that could be a lot of things. You know, they well, look, it's like look cool. Like, you know. I, mm. I don't know. I never, a boot's a boot. Like, if it's comfortable, it's comfortable. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess maybe there's more boots out there than I, uh, than I know of, but everybody wore a different type of boot, it seemed like. But shine them. Who gives a shit? It's, the, it's yeah, not your feet. Why do you care? Sure. Yeah polishable toe that's all you need yeah i know some guys are really into the danners i i never found them comfortable but i heard that you you gotta like break them in and then they like fit to your foot i i don't know i'm, I'm impatient i'm a cochran guy i i, I was sure. i was airborne in the, the army and uh Co I that, cochran Co cochran jump boots oh, they, no, no, they no. Make like a, yeah they it's it's an airborne thing um, it's an air that really could be another name of the podcast that's an airborne thing <laughs> 
Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe, maybe it's an airborne thing. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's an airborne thing. Yeah, they, uh, you know, polishable toe, you know, they have really high ankle support. So, you know, I've, I've almost rolled my ankle countless times, but I think those boots have saved me from like basically breaking my ankle at least four or five times. So, yeah. Uh, a good boot, though, is important. I mean, yeah, it's got to be comfortable people, and lightweight. That's it. Some people believe that they should be able to wear tennis shoes. I, I don't know if I'm there. I, I'd see the, the point you know it's probably a little easier to run and move in but i mean you got to have a good boot to take care of you i would say i'm a boot yeah. i'd say boot ankle support man i'm telling you if you roll your ankle chasing the guy or you know you find that one little gopher hole as you're running through the field or whatever it is man you roll your ankle tennis shoes aren't going to help you a good high ankle boot is really going to help you and stay your ankle from breaking hell yeah so the next one came up more well about the same as the uh, guardian lights an asp baton what do you do what kind of baton do you guys carry we are required to carry one so i carry the light, absolute lightest one i can because we're required to have one on our belt <laughs> and it, i think it is a nas baton I, i've never used it so the asp i've never used it i've never listened for that i've never used it for its intended purpose i've used it for like you know hitting windows banging into stuff trying to pry things open breaking things you know pushing my side view mirror out after the car wash pushes it in but i've never <laughs> actually used it for anything yeah, I've never used it as an impact weapon. We uh we carried the straight wood batons. So yeah, to me, we... I've heard the asp basically kind of fall apart. You know, if you try to hit somebody on it, they bend and they're not supposed to bend, and yeah. they're kind of a pain in the ass. Is that about right? Yeah, like I said, I mean, it's it's like OC spray. It's something I've never. I mean, it's good to have, but I've never used it. <laughs> I liked the wood baton because it looked cool, and oh, it, yeah. to me, it was a. Uh, People, you get out of the car and you ring it, kind of like you get out of a car, load a shotgun. People are, oh shit, that guy means business, right? You get out of a car and you ring a fucking baton. It, people are, oh, that guy fucking means. It's kind of menacing, and I, I know people. That's gonna upset some people. Like, oh, the cops aren't supposed to be scary. Yeah, they are. Sometimes, yes, sometimes, sometimes they are. Yes, they should be. Deterrent, a crime deterrent. I like the idea if. You know, not to sound like paranoid, I'm not Chuck Norris, but multiple attackers or you're fighting off multiple people that could create some distance. So I used it one time and it didn't work great because uh, the dude was drunk and he didn't feel it, even though I fucking nailed him. So I, I can't say it was the best experience ever with it, but I mean, it was great for knocking on doors. Yeah, and like I said, that you know, you know, we had a similar problem, you know, we were talking about being scary um, when I first came on. We got we didn't have ARs. If you wanted to have one, you could buy one on your own, but you had to buy it and pay for your own ammo. You had to buy all of it yourself. And um, there was a guideline that said we couldn't have thirty round mags in them because it was too intimidating. And I was what? like, "What? You might need yeah, them? You can have a, you can have you can have a twenty rounder in there, and that's okay. But thirty rounder is too intimidating." And it's like I was thinking about it for a minute, and it's like, if I'm pulling out an AR, there's a reason. That's not something you pull out just for fun or on every call. You know, you got your you know. I'm going to go get a cat out of a tree. I'm going to pull out my AR. And it's like, no, if I'm pulling out an AR, that's like active shooter. I want to be as intimidating as possible in that situation. So really? Right. <laughs> I, yeah. I swear to God, the people that write some of these policies, there's no way they've been in a patrol car more than a day. Or haven't been in a patrol car in like 15 or 20 years, you know? Now, do you guys have the, uh, there's, there's a big debate on here about the, uh, like the Molly vests, the vest carriers. Do you guys wear a traditional uniform or do you guys have the carriers or is it a mix? We're in a modified kind of a carrier. So basically we have an over vest. So um, it still looks like a uniform shirt on the front, but your vest is in there. So you can take that off when you go back to the substation. 
and you still have your patrol belt on and everything like that. I am a huge proponent of, you know, molly vests, you know, go into attack vests for most of your gear. You know, of course, keep your gun and your, your mags on your belt. Um, but, you know, everything else goes up on the, on the, on the weight-bearing vest that you could have just because, you know, there's so many studies out there that show that, you know, those things, you know, cops have lower back problems. It's because we put so much weight on our, our patrol belts. Yeah, and... but they're going to start having upper back problems. I'm telling you right now. I'm 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 a, I'm a Molly Vest guy. If I could do it, our department could go to that. I would absolutely go to that. I, I'm not gonna. I think that's one of those things. Like the boomer in me says, wear the traditional style uniform, but then the realist in me says, well, wear what's comfortable as long as it's professional looking. I think sometimes some of the Molly Vest look like a security guard. Like they look like a security guard is rolling up to the call and not a cop. That's the boomer in me though. I will fully acknowledge that's the boomer in me. We've had, we've had it go both ways. We had a guy that was um, down by the trolley station. So down by like the, the subway kind of area. And he, a guy ran from him because he wasn't wearing a tack vest. And he thought you're not a real cop unless you wear one of those tack vests. Oh, he didn't think that he's full of shit. Uh, anyway, but <laughs> the other thing was, uh, you know, the, it, you know, it's a, it's a, I think it's a front line, exactly like you're saying, you know, some look unkempt and they look really bad. And I think that's a, that's a supervisor failure. You know, you got to keep your, I mean, keep your people looking, you know, clean, you know, clean your gear, man. You know, you shouldn't have to say it, but I mean, at least keep your stuff nice. I mean, I think that's where it comes and people are so afraid of confrontation now that, you know, even supervisors don't want to correct their Joes because, oh, I don't want to think, you know, you know, I don't want to get, you know, a complaint or anything like that. It's like, no, your job is to supervise your people. If they look like crap, tell them they look like crap and tell them to straighten up their tight group, near a shot group, make it look nice. It's not that hard. That's literally an attack. But did you call them Joes? Joe's, yeah, it's an army thing. Okay, it's a it's an airborne thing. Yeah, it's an airborne thing. <laughs> airborne thing. <laughs> um, so part of the conversation on on these uh, the Instagram where all the DJs live is the somebody brought up the plastic or like the the belt the belt glove holder like the little leather glove holder and they said that's unnecessary and my response because I asked them about it was why. I put my gloves in there. I, I mean, where do you put your gloves? Your your uh, your rubber gloves. Like a normal person. What rubber gloves? In my back pocket. Yeah, like a normal person. You just reach back there, you grab, you put them on. What do you need a pouch for, man? Hold hold on a second, man. Hold on a second. We got to talk about the setup, right? So we had <laughs> this might be, this might be like not a great conversation for podcast, but I don't care. The way I I rolled with my shit is we had the BDUs. On one side, I had a hobble, which uh, I know not everybody carries. Other side, I had my tourniquet. My back pocket, I had my fucking wallet. And I know some people put their wallets in all kinds of weird places and don't bring them in on the job. Or what. I brought my fucking wallet. I, I never lost my wallet at work. I don't know the weird thing with that. The other pocket is where I kept like the gloves, you know, like the business gloves. Okay. And then... On my back, so I didn't have the weird tack vest like you weird people. And, and, you know, on my belt, I kept, you know, the mags and a a taser and a gun and a couple pairs of handcuffs. And then on the very back, because it's such a small pouch and it didn't really affect my back, the only thing I had back there was the gloves. And I could get to them with both hands. And I never had a problem with it. And every day when I walked out the door to go on patrol, I reloaded my gloves. I think they're fine. I don't see the problem with the glove pouch. Where do you where do you keep your business gloves then? 
Uh, you know, I didn't. Usually, I didn't usually use business gloves. Tell you the truth. What? You don't have yeah, business no, gloves? Man, rubber gloves. Rubber gloves, man. That's all we needed. So you never like rolled up to a call and you're like, ah, we might go hands on with this dude or might fight this dude or we might need to search this dude, but I don't want to wear rubber gloves. I'm going to put on like my business gloves. You don't have business gloves? Yeah, not a business gloves guy. Yeah, and I was a rubber glove guy all, all day long. I could feel more stuff. Well, it's true. I mean, there is an advantage to the rubber gloves as, as far as feeling stuff, but the business gloves give you like a little bit extra protection I, I mean, for like needles and shit. Yeah, uh, I mean, I just, I was very careful with that. I was always very, very cognizant of something sticking me. So it's like, I'm not sticking my hand anywhere to like, like squeeze his pocket from the outside to make sure there's nothing that feels like a syringe in there. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I think I used those, but I kept them in the back of the car. So like, if I was going to like, like I said, if I use I'm going to use the SeaTac, I'm going to use my gloves um, or I'm going to go on a riot. Yeah. I have them for riots, but I mean, for your general everyday, you know, patrol function, no, nah, it's just rubber gloves. Interesting. There's, there's guys on either side of this argument screaming at the radio right now. I'm sure. And then the hillbilly. I'm not sure how like, you I just use my, I just wash my hands in the river after a call. I don't know what you boys are doing. Oh, dude. We, I, I caught a bunch of flack the other day. I posted something on the website and um, there was a picture of my personal patrol belt. And, you know, I had my gun on one side on my right side because I'm right-handed and I have my mags on my right side. And like people flipped out about that. They're like, oh my God, your mags are on the same side. How dare you? You're wasted movement. Rah, rah, rah. And it was like this huge thing. I was like, this is the post that's getting the most traction is my, my mags are on the same side. And that's fucking weird, bro. I, I don't even know why you would do that. That is fucking weird. By policy, you want everything lethal on one side of your body, everything non-lethal on the other. So that way there's no confusion. So I'm not grabbing my taser by accident or whatever that, you know, that, that's happened before. And things your like mag, that. That was the that's that. never happened. Your mag is not lethal though not until you put it, yeah, in the it, it yeah but i mean it's like they keep everything one side so that was that was our policy and, it, and you know honestly it's a it's a training thing i mean if it i mean it's three inches to the left it's three inches to the it, left really gonna matter you know <laughs> it's like it might it really matter, matter. <laughs> yes ask some people yeah no don't fucking matter don't worry about it. train yourself you'd be fine yeah but yeah people flip that about that like oh my god what an idiot it keeps his mags on the same side as his gun it's like you know here's so? here's my here's an admission of mine People are going to lose their mind. I tried several places with my taser and the only place that was comfortable to me was right at the front, but it was, so I, be, I carried my taser like right towards the front and I practiced my draw and it was on the same side as my gun technically, but it, to me, I never felt like there would ever be confusion because it was such a different draw. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of it's you practice. I mean, that's you practice drawing yeah, your gun, thing. you practice drawing your taser, and you know what the difference is, so you don't waste somebody allegedly. Yeah. It's a training thing. It's all it all comes down to training. Whatever you're comfortable with, as long as you're comfortable with it, it really doesn't matter. Um, but yeah. I Except carry my mags on the right side, side besides that. Whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. What else do we have? Uh here's something unnecessary. Shitty brass. Yeah, but you don't have a choice on that shitty brass i mean like bullets well see that was what i first thought i was like i mean that could be a thing is shitty brass but i think he's talking about like administration oh yeah or he could i mean he could be talking <laughs> about bullets i mean uh i think hollow points are the way to go for patrol but i don't know yeah that that that's yeah, a weird way to say in that but no yeah, that's bad. what do you what do you guys call it man you don't call them the brass like somebody walks in you go oh it's fucking brass oh yeah i guess so Ah, but my, my, it's, it's funny you say that, but my brain went straight to bullets. It did when I first looked at it. And then I was like, uh, okay, yeah, so I, I can't blame you on that. Yeah, nobody likes a good leader. That, those guys were useless. And yeah. some are more useless than others. So, 
that, that's that's an everywhere thing. That's not that's not an equipment thing either. That's, no, that's a, that's no. a thing. So that, doesn't, that doesn't count. I don't think that counts. No, it doesn't count. Okay, this one is kind of interesting because I don't really find it to be gear, but I think it's a good argument. Challenge coins. Oh, I like me a good challenge coin. I like a good challenge coin too. Go fuck yourself, man. I got a challenge coin after I got <laughs> an award, and I think it's the first one I ever got. And I was like, this is fucking cool. I think they're cool. Uh, I have a big collection of them now. Uh, I think the challenge coins are cool. I don't, you're, go fuck yourself. Um, by the way, coming very soon is I'm going to have some more poorly made police memes challenge coins that you can buy. <laughs> There's some good advertising right there. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, go fuck yourself, buy some challenge coins. <laughs> no you, i mean i don't know i i think the i think that shit's cool the patch the you know guys collect patches they have cars i mean i, I have a few cars down here i know dudes have tons of cars um i think it's cool man it, it's people can find it geeky but i don't think it's gear i mean you either like it or you don't i i think the coins are cool i think they're really cool yeah i'm, I'm, I'm i'll support you on that i think coins are cool i think they're fun to have they're fun they're a fun little thing to give out just for you know shits and grins yeah, I mean it's it's a cool thing for sure. Uh, here's a here's one that I think is really stupid is the bola wrap. Oh, the taser looking thing that shoots out the bolo. Yeah, what the fuck? That's a terrible. I mean, idea. it looks really cool. <laughs> I mean, it looks great. No, dude. Oh, dude. Have you ever seen the taser claymore? The what? Oh, dude. Go on YouTube. Look up the taser shockwave. Hold on a second. This is not good for a. a podcast with no visuals but i'm gonna do it you can thank me later basically it is a taser claymore mine so basically what ends up happening is it's 20 cartridges all stacked together in a half moon shape that explode all at once so they all go off i'm pulling it i'm pulling it up right now man i'm i'm on my least favorite website right now the uh, police one website i hate police one by the way what the fuck is this thing? Dude, right? Oh man, it even has this way towards the enemy. They're probably gonna have to change the verbiage on that. Oh yeah, I get it. I think they made it for like military dude. Okay, it's just like a commercial for it. It didn't actually show it. What it that was so disappointing. Like okay, everything got- on fucking police one is disappointing. Okay, th- yeah, there's one on there that has it, it going off, and it's literally 40 barbs all going out in kind of like a half moon shape to, to clear a riot, basically. I wonder if anybody's... I've never heard of that being used yet. No. Oh, yeah, I see the, <laughs> I see the video. Yeah, that's nobody's going to ever buy that. That's not going to happen. Great concept, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. I, I think the, the idea of the bowler wrap is a good idea, but I think in practice, it's you run into the same issues as a taser, right? Yeah, may not I mean, work right, and it could probably if you yeah. hit aim too high, you could probably do some fucking damage. Catch one of those things in the face, yeah, that'd be good. Oh yeah, I mean, you trip somebody, they fall, they're gonna land on the ground and hurt themselves. I mean, it's been a. I feel like taser usage is gonna go away because it, it was really big over the last 10, 15 years, and now there's more data out about how people are getting hurt from it. Because, not to say that always matter, I think there's definitely a, a place for a taser for sure. I don't think that it should go away and necessary. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I don't want to say cool, but it's a necessary tool. But I, there's guys abuse the fuck out of it, man. And I'm not saying it was unjustified, but dudes would use tasers in situations where like, why aren't we just going hands on with this dude? It, I think it's an abused tool. And I, maybe people disagree with me, but I think it's abused. 
Yeah. Never, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that could be incredibly effective, I think, but it's, I don't think it should be the end all be all. It's like you must use a taser. Tasers, you know, the ultimate answer for everything. There's, you know, there's always situations where it works and there's always situations where, you know, sometimes it doesn't. Um, it's, well, in the times when it doesn't, guys aren't prepared for it not to work and it does, you know, baggy clothes or whatever, it's not going to work. Or sometimes people just, you fucking hit and the barbs, maybe not in there and it's not a good circuit. Some guy has a knife and you can stop him from hurting himself or other people. And it's not where you have to use lethal force. Yeah. Taser is great. Or, you know, there's all kinds of yeah. use, times to use a taser, but I, I think it's just fucking totally crazy the way people use it. Yeah. And that comes down to, you know, it, understand it really it comes down to training it's interesting to see how different departments use things and what their training says you know you can use it for this because ours is very very limited it's like you can use it for this one situation and if it's, you're not in that situation you can't use it <laughs> you're not supposed to use it you're only supposed to use it no more than twice and that's about it so well and, and that that always made sense to me is because that's the definition of insanity like you see these videos where like the guys are just getting tased and tased and tased and tased. well it's not working it's not working, so Clearly. we need to switch to something <laughs> yeah. else. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, but again, there's always exceptions to that, right? Like you're the only guy there and you know this guy's, you know, the guy's like 400 pounds. He's going to kick your ass. And maybe he does get tased five or six times until your partner gets there because you don't want to get your ass kicked. I mean, there's that's why I don't like policies that are super restrictive. But, you know, then I get why departments kind of run into this issue where they have to, like, be careful with the verbiage because then guys take it out of context, you know? Yeah. Like I said, I mean, the Bolo, it, it, I think it's one of those, like, cool gadgets that looks really cool, but is it really effective? I mean, is it something you're actually going to use? You know, because we got stuff in the, you know, in the field that you have that you never use. It's like, oh, that's really cool. Never going to use it. <laughs> like, or, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, in, that, in that category. I don't know. I, I'm with you, dude. I think there's probably a time and place for the Bolo, and I think there's a time and place for the Taser, but I just get good at hands-on, you know? I, and I... Yeah. But that's the problem too, is you go hands-on and it, like everything looks bad. Everything looks bad. A taser looks bad. Bola wrap looks bad. A baton looks bad. Going hands-on looks bad. And that's all departments care about anymore is the aesthetic. Like, does it look good? And you, you're fucking cops, even though you're brass, you should fucking know it doesn't look good. It should never look good. It's never yeah. going to look good. It's never going to clean. Start telling the public that like, Hey, you know, sorry, we fought with this dude. Well, don't even say sorry, but hey, we fought with this dude. It looked bad, but this is what a fight looks like. Yeah, police Which, work is, is not a pretty thing. I think we were talking about that a while back. It's like, you know, people don't realize like, oh, you know, you got to arrest that guy. Okay, go for it. How are you? How exactly do you want me to arrest that guy? Oh, well, just, you know, arrest him. It's like, okay, have you ever done that before? Because <laughs> you've never done that before. It, it It's not an easy thing to do. And that's why I feel for the NYPD guys. It's like, okay, you got to hold on to his arm and legs and that's it. <laughs> Put him in handcuffs. Go. <laughs> good luck roger (laughs) my favorite is when there's like no system at all you know and i think every system has its flaws but it's better than no system where it's basically like all right just just handcuff this guy fight him in the cuffs that's yeah you know you should have a level of control of somebody before you handcuff them but that's a problematic now is you can't really do that because then that maybe that's a use of force and they're not resisting and handcuffs are handcuffs fucking hurt and they could kill somebody so you get one handcuff on you don't have control of the other arm and the dude swings a cuff at you and takes an eye out could be a bad day yeah you know there's all kinds of shit that the public doesn't think about that comes into arresting people you know yeah and you know was it those um we do a police day 
at my department. So like the people that are like these activists and stuff like that, hey, come on, let's go. We're gonna put you through our use of force training. So you can go through it and see what it's like. And then you're gonna get, you know, a cop that's gonna fight you. And he's gonna say, you know, try and put this guy into handcuffs and you're gonna figure out it's really not that easy. And then they, you know, they do interviews beforehand and they do interviews after. I've seen a couple of those on YouTube where they've done that with a couple of these like, you know, anti-police activists. And they're like, wow, I had no idea. And it's like, yeah, welcome to our world, man. And then, you know, it's 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 actually a pretty powerful thing. And it, it's, I think it, I think it does help out a lot. Um, we should do more know, of that. People See, too. that's the shit that we, we should be should. doing with the public. Oh, that's I, what we should you know, be doing. It should almost be like, a, I wouldn't say a mandatory class, but to have it, you know, something in, in high school, you know? So when kids just say, hey, you know, this is what happens. This is what police work is. You know, I mean, if you, if you, if we say, hey, stop, turn around, put your hands behind your back and you do that, nothing's going to happen to you, man. We're going to put you in handcuffs, put you in the back of the car and get you through the process as fast as possible. You fight us, somebody's probably going to get hurt. You know, either you or me or probably both, you know, because we're going to be fighting each other. And it's not a pretty thing to see. It never that's, is. That's the American way, though, man. It's fuck the man. Yeah, that's how this, that's how this country was started. And it's that's kind of where we're at still. But, I, you know, I feel like, you know, people, they, they misplace their anger sometimes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So Bolo, nah, don't need it. Yeah, that can definitely go on the list. This is a good one. I'm putting a bet that you have one of these, but I could be wrong. Do you have All a right. clip on your belt? for your keys i do oh so you're giving me all this shit about the glove pouch you have a pocket okay. put your car keys in your pocket you fool where how you know my i can't do that it's always in the way what do you no no clip is the clip is the way to go now see now see this is where we go in this is where it gets interesting so do you have a clip or do you have one of those little sandwich key things so it's silent so when you run around it doesn't make noise see i don't even know because i had a fucking pocket that i put my my card keys in <laughs> so i don't know yeah, because the guys that jingle around, like I mean, you fucking sound like an idiot because you're jingling around. But let's be real. There's enough shit on your uniform. You're going to jingle. Who cares? Oh, we need to be stealthy. I've never had to be that stealthy before. Bullshit. You've never snuck around and been like, oh, shit, I'm uh, I'm being yeah, a little loud. You know what? My keys didn't make that much noise. <laughs> My keys didn't give me away. Yeah, no. Yes, yeah, yeah. I bet there was somebody on that call me like, I wish that guy would put his fucking keys in his pocket. <laughs> that's there's a disorder for that it's the noise disorder it pisses everybody off i forget the name of it but it's an actual thing it's like the same thing uh uh like silverware on an empty you know empty plate and people chewing their mouth open it's a, it's a disorder they don't like noises like that i'm pretty sure that my wife's almost left me a few times when i've scraped my fork across a plate on accident she can't yeah, handle it it's, it's, yeah it's a thing it's a psychological thing it is um, leave me my keys alone all right so we we kind of talked about I'm not going to leave you alone. We talked about leather gloves a little <laughs> bit. Um, I'm a bigger fan of the leather glo- leather leather gloves. Um, not those kind of leather gloves, you know. This is an interesting one. Combat knives. Do you, I I think every cop carries a knife on duty, right? I think yeah, that's a that's a common thing. Hey, what do you carry? What comes to your knife? What, let, I mean, yeah, everyone's got a knife. It just kind of it kind of depends on. Now, see, combat knife is kind of a, a misnomer. Are you talking like a folder or a fixed blade? I don't know exactly what they were saying. Just a combat knife. I I would have carried more knives. I I always cheaped out when it got. I should have bought a spear point. I always wanted one of those, and I never bought one. And I thought that would be a cool thing to have in my boot, just in case kind of thing. And I was never. Guys are crazy about knives. I would basically buy oh, a twenty dollar yeah. knife, and then when it shit out, I'd buy another twenty dollar knife. And it's probably like the same thing with good sunglasses. If I just bought a good pair of sunglasses, but I just. My thought with the knives, I used them for everything, man. I was really good at opening doors with them. 
and you know, all kinds of shit and opening doors with a knife it'll kind of bend them a little bit and eventually they get kind of fucked maybe if i spent money i don't know but i think having a knife you know shit happens right i mean you may have to it, i you never hear about that a cop stabbing somebody but you could be in some kind of close combat and they're going for your gun or something and that's your best option okay fucking stab them we had a like a class in it in the academy so i think yeah. knives are an important tool that's interesting. I would like to see the the the, the data on that because I mean I know cops that, like most cops carry at least one, sometimes more than one knife, and I don't think I've ever heard them stab anybody with it. No, I don't. I that never really happens. Are guys out there really big on carrying two guns, or do they only carry one? Um, a few. And guys I, let me let me let me qualify that question as far as on their person, two guns on their person. Yes, there's guys that do that. It's not super prevalent. Usually it's an ankle holster. Most of the time, I have one guy that carried one in his vest. I have one guy that carried a full-size 38 in his vest. That was was a big thing on my department. Um, Man, we're getting a little more tactical then. This is some pretty deep. We went from like total bullshit to some pretty deep deep police stuff here. I'm a a knife guy. my, My knife is my backup. There's a lot of guys that were really big or actually my department, the whole culture of my department, almost everyone had two guns. And that was like a thing in the Academy. Like, Oh, the instructor was like, you're not going to have a second gun. You're a bitch. I, I had a little, the Smith and Wesson 380 for a while. I forget what it, the bodyguard dude, I couldn't shoot it, man. I just, the trigger pull was so weird and the gun was so small. I, I just, I hated it. It was not a comfortable gun. I liked it because it had a safety and so you could pocket carry it pretty easily. And so I'd put that on my opposite side and I could get to it. But it would have been good for, you know, a very short distance thing. I mean, I'm not shooting beyond 15 yards with that thing accurately. It you know, then guys would have like the semi, no, semi is the wrong size, but like, you know, what's the Glock that's the baby Glock, right? Where you could fit a magazine for your regular Glock. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought about that and dudes would wear it on their ankle and I tried it and I was like, this is not comfortable. So I never, and then, yeah, we had the vest guys too. I just never found a great place for a second gun or a second gun that I really liked, but I would, I'm not opposed to it though. I just, I never found the right yeah, thing no, that worked no. for me. Yeah. It's one of those like you do you things. I won't knock you for it, but I'm not going to do it myself. I never carried a backup gun. I carried a, a knife or two. Um, just in case, but yeah, I never carried a backup gun. One is none, two is one. Yeah, but I mean, I, that's like I'm trying to think how many of my partners. That's a, you know, I was trying to think how many of my partners, the guys I worked with, did. And I mean, a few of them did, um, but it wasn't like every guy I, I work with has a backup gun. I mean, a couple of them do, but I mean, it wasn't super prevalent. I may, when this podcast comes out, I might put a poll in the story just to see how many people carry two on duty. I'd be interesting interesting yeah i would be i'd be interested to hear how many people do that i like i said my agency it was that was a big part of the culture i I think actually in policy you had to have two guns but you could have a secondary weapon yeah you could have a set you know basically it was have a second one on you or you need to have a shotgun or a uh ar a rifle whatever and i always i had a shotgun i was that guy i always had the shotgun so i was a big shotgun guy but um but it's in the car, you know, so if I had a failure, I'd have to get back to the car to get it. So I get the logic, right? Like if something you're in a firefight and something happens, it's good, you know, it's good to have extra, but I don't know. 
I I'm pro that. I just, I never found the right thing for me. You know, like I, I was happy with my, I couldn't find a side piece. You know, I, I, I was happy with my yeah. main, my main trick, but I couldn't find the side piece I was really happy with. So blood type patches. I didn't even know that was a thing. Do you guys really wear that? What kind of blood they have on their vest somewhere? Or... I do. That was a holdover from the army though. So. I mean, I don't fucking know how important that I figure that I don't know how that shit works. I just figure if I get something bad happens to me, I'll go to the hospital and I'll figure it out. I mean, I assume yeah, that I would mean, save I, some time though. Yeah, I do that. And then, uh, uh, allergies, drug allergies too. I do a piece uh, penicillin. So I put that one on there too, just in case. Oh, that makes sense. I, my, I can't say where it was, but I heard stories at my department where guys would put on their vest, what hospital to not take them to because they didn't have the greatest record yeah don't take me to this hospital which i i thought was fucking amazing which i saw that hospital do some weird shit so it made sense to me i think that's universal see this guy on your vest but definitely there's an unwritten rule yeah so here's a this is actually from a good friend of the podcast ben from thoughts of a patrol officer he put search gloves other than regular rubber gloves I, I I disagree, man. You guys are fucking crazy. You gotta have you gotta have some going to business gloves. I'm just saying. But apparently I'm in the minority on this one. Uh belt seat cutters. Oh, seatbelt cutters. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, oh. belt seat. That doesn't make sense. Seat belt covers. Let's try that. Uh I I had some knives that had them on them, but it wasn't like a if the knife didn't have it, I if I like the knife, I'd still probably buy it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think some guys are wild. Like guys, will, I know when I was a rookie, like I got the cool knife that had like a seatbelt cutter and a, a window punch. And the first time I tried it on a window, it didn't fucking work. So yeah, and the little got, seal on the city seal on the side pops off. Right. Yeah, that's why you need a seat tax. Don't need a exactly seat right. You, you want to get into a car? I'm going to get you into a car. Yeah, this is kind of related, but not related. The so that with the Molly vest, do you guys still wear your metal badge? On the Molly vest? Yeah. Uh, we don't have them, so... Or, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but from what I've seen is most of the departments that have the Molly vest or the, what you guys have, the in-between, you still wear your metal badge, right? Yeah, we still wear them on ours, yeah. There's a couple people that made the comment that they should just be sewed on. I I can't handle that. Nah, but, see, I'm gonna you keep the metal badge on there, man. That, that's, that's a point. That's a badge. point of fucking pride, to me. I mean, if you're, I think there's there are special teams that will go down to like into the canyon areas with all the trees and stuff like that. Um, there's a specialty uniform for that. It's like BDUs, like you're saying, an attack vest. But that's a cloth badge, just because you're walking around in trees and bushes and stuff like that, so it gets ripped off of there. So they do a, a cloth badge, but for yeah, everyone else, it's metal all the way. Yeah, I mean, like the you know detectives, if they have the polo or whatever, they're not gonna go out. Okay, that's fine. If you're in a uniform in a fucking police car, you have a metal badge or you're a fucking tool or you're a security guard. <laughs> See, yeah. I made I made the oh. point when I worked security because I, I did mall security for a long time. And I said, why are we wearing fucking uniforms with a white shirt? Just get a bunch of polos, put polos and embroider them. We're not cops, you know, and I get the whole visibility thing. But, you know, they didn't want us to be confrontational anyway. We're fucking polos. Why are we being so uniform about it? But a cop, you're fucking cop. Wear your fucking uniform. I don't know. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, metal badge. Just need a metal badge. Yeah. No, well, no that's so on stuff. Yeah, and then, well, somebody said on here that 
apparently there's some department where they have the sewn on badge, but then they'll have their metal badge on their belt. That's fucking weird to me. Oh, like on, like kind of like you're saying, like a metal sewn on your polo. I've seen that, I guess. Well, no, no, it's not yeah, even on. It's not even on your polo. So, like the the badge, a cloth badge on your your uniform or your vest or something, and then your actual badge is somewhere on your duty belt. Yeah, that's, that's weird. weird. That's weird. I I, that's... I can't handle that. Pick a side, man. Pick a side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can't do both. Just pick a side. Motivational patches. I'm all about me some motivational patches. I got like 15 of them. I like those. Now, I guess. I'm going to be the judge if they're cringy or not. I, I'm going to be honest. I have, uh, I have my vest down here, actually. It, I have a Captain America uh, Velcro thing that one of my buddies got me because he knows I like Captain America, and I wore that right in the middle of my vest. I thought that was cool. People might think it's douchey. I don't care. I love fucking Captain America. I thought it was a cool thing to put on my vest. Uh, give me some examples of what you got, if you don't mind. Um. God, there was the Relentless Defender. He had a really cool Archangel-looking one I have on my vest right now. That one's pretty cool. Um, I got some from 511 Tactical. Uh, it's the St. Michael Protect Us one. He's also the Saint, uh, patron saint of paratroopers, so that's kind of a carryover, though. Um, See, okay, I think a lot of people claim St. Saint, saint Michael because my understanding is St. Michael is the patron saint of police officers. And I'm yeah, a terrible Catholic, but I was, I was at one point going to get some type of St. Michael thing and I, I, I decided against it, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so I, I, I just, one. I was like, am I really, I'm not, I don't go to church. I'm not a good Catholic. I don't think I deserve to wear this. I'm sure he still yeah, likes yeah. me. I don't know. Yeah, still, yeah. So, you know, let's see. I have one of those. I don't think I have that one's not on my vest right now. Um, but then let's see here. What else do I have? I have some from, <laughs> I think when I got at the gun show this last, last month, I, I came here to break shit because <laughs> of the sea tax. <laughs> so that one's pretty funny. Um, fuck shit up and break things <laughs> that's another one see i think it's um, like uh i think it's like police it's yeah, pretty much yeah it is you know and it's this is this is where the business side of me comes in it is the ability for you to customize your gear to make it yours so it's not just some generic bulletproof vest or you know generic thing whatever it is you can at least put your own personal little spin on it so it makes you feel like this one is mine if that makes sense people yeah, like to customize no, totally. stuff. yeah no so, i yeah. don't I'm sure there's some cringy ones out there for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I don't, I don't have a big problem with it, man. I, I think, you know, and I, I think that kind of goes into the uh, like the blue line Punisher skull and all that stuff, where it, it probably was cool at one point, and then it's just been so bastardized. Like the sheepdog thing, it's been like it's a great analogy, but it's been so bastardized. That yeah. I see somebody refer to themselves as a sheepdog, and I want to punch them in the face. Like, stop! <laughs> Come on, man. We're we're past that. This, we're this we're done with like. It's a great example of a way to think about the world, but like, just stop. Just that's that's like so 2012. Okay. Yeah, right. We don't wear <laughs> white after that, Labor man. Day here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, they can be kind of cringy though. I mean, long as and you know, I don't think they should be. Especially the crazy ones should not be out where the public can see them. So like mine's in on my undervest underneath my the 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 vest, so you can't even see it. But see, and it's just for you. Yeah, it's just for you. Yeah. No, I think that's cool. Uh, Somebody put in there heavy hot uniforms because of tradition. And my response to him, and I know he'll listen to it, is you don't fuck with tradition. 
Okay. You no, know, fuck your heavy hot uniforms. Give me my lightweight shit so I can fucking run. Screw yeah. you and your tradition. Uniform if is you a can't uniform. run in a heavy uniform, you ain't a man. Uh, I'm all about doing practical things. That's why my my thing is practical. I mean, if it, it doesn't have to look cool, it doesn't have to be the coolest, it doesn't have to be most expensive. It just has to fucking work. It has and to look professional. Be- I, if you want to wear, you know, it's like uh, the old Seinfeld where he puts the Yankee George Costanza puts the Yankees in cotton and their fucking uniforms rip. I I don't expect you to wear like you know fucking cotton uniforms that don't maneuver. Like our, ours were actually, I think, like mostly polyester. They were fine. I, I thought they breathed pretty well. I don't. I can't ever remember thinking like this shirt is way hotter than it needs to be. As I, I can't speak for everyone. I, I thought ours were, were just fine, but I just got to look professional, man. And if it's, if you can make the vest carrier look professional, fine. But I, I was that dude too, where I would, I would wear the fucking eight point hat and I didn't have to. So that's kind of like, that was my weird thing with the uniforms. I thought, I think a ball cap and a uniform looks just fucking tacky as shit. And I know a lot of people are you're screaming and spitting out their chew when I say that, but <laughs> it looks like shit. Like one guy was complaining. I, I didn't get to his about uh, he has to wear a Stetson and he's apparently a deputy. You should be proud to wear that Stetson. That's America right there. If I was a deputy, I'd wear a fucking Stetson. That's badass. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, um, we, I remember we had a conversation. Our chief, uh, we had a brand new chief come on and they were talking about the uniform and so that they asked hey do you have any questions and i raised my hand because i'm young it's like yeah i have a question can we have tack pants since you're the new chief and dude it was like an immediate violent reaction no we're not doing that i'm tired of talking about that quit asking about it and it's like i just want some cargo pockets please no we need to be past that that. you need you need cargo pockets which technically i could see an argument (laughs) where somebody's like you're wearing a fucking hat but you're wearing cargo pockets okay i got a lot of shit you need cargo pockets. Yeah. So, but I mean, that was, and like you said, tradition, tradition says we don't wear, you know, cargo pockets. It's like, yeah, but your tradition is stupid. I mean, you're talking about a uniform. That's a business, like a, like a, like a business suit from like the fifties. You're still wearing the same uniform. Let's move forward a little bit here. Yeah. No, I'm all for updating the uniform and doing what's practical and what works. I, you know, you don't fuck with tradition, but if it's practical and it looks good, I'm cool with it. I just, God, I just see some uniforms I think look rough, but that that could but be the boomer in me, man. That could be the boomer in that's me. That's the frontline supervisor. No, that's not the boomer. That's the frontline supervisor not doing his job and keeping his people. Hey, your look, your uniform looks like crap. Clean it up and wash it. But Iron it's not even shit. it's not even necessarily it being washed. It's just that I just don't think the tactical vests look like a cop. No, yeah, I like it's it's a that's because that's the argument that you know they made here when we were trying to move to TACFest. It was, you know, it doesn't present a uniform, you know, kept appearance. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, if you let guys stick 50,000 pockets on there and do all this crazy shit, yeah, if you let them say, okay, how about you write a policy? You can have this, this, and this on your TACFest, and that is it. It must be clean and kept professional. Boom, problem solved. But no, they're like, no, they're going to, like, make stick all this stuff on. It's like, well, I mean, if you let them. I mean, if you do this responsibly like responsible adults, it will look fine. Hey, remember, you can give a cop a badge and a gun, but you cannot trust them to make a decision. Right? <laughs> no way. Uh, here's, where we're, here's where we're going to end on the, uh, on the uniform stuff before I get into my dumb questions. Multiple flashlights, especially somebody that works day shift. What do you think about that? Multiple flashlights on day shifts, um, unnecessary. I keep a large, I'm on day watch right now. So I keep a large one in my car 
just in case, but I have a little one on my belt that I just carry around with me. It's a little stinger, a tiny one. Yeah, I mean, on third watch when I'm at night, yeah, I have like a couple flashlights because shit, that shit dies. But um, it depends like what I'm doing. If I'm on a big scene, I need the big light. If I'm just doing some little stuff, I need a little one. So yeah, I'll have multiples at night. But on day watch, now nah, you just need one. I I generally agree with that. I will give a little story about make sure you charge your shit. Because yeah. I was on day shift and I was like, I don't need a fucking flashlight. And I went, we went into a basement. I don't remember. It was, it was a call that I can't, it was a long time ago when I first started. So I can't remember everything about it, but I remember feeling tense about it. Like we were looking for somebody or something and my fucking flashlight went out and it's pitch black in this basement. And they're like, there was no power into this basement. It was a, a weird situation. There's a bunch of shit. And I just remember feeling so helpless because I was like, I don't have a fucking flashlight. This is ridiculous. So I had like a little bit of light coming through the day. So just make sure you're charging that shit. I wouldn't be opposed if you kept like a little one in your BDU pocket. If you have a BDU pocket, some people aren't as fortunate to have that. I don't think that's a huge deal. They're so small anymore. And you can get a half decent flashlight just for backup. But yeah, I, I generally agree. You have the the stinger on you, and then you got the uh, you got the big boy in the trunk. So I don't think we agreed on much, but we agreed on some stuff. All right, yeah, it's okay. That's the thing about that's the thing about policing, man. There's a bunch of different ways to skin a cat, and it's all right. Gen- well, it's not all right. Ninety seven percent of the time, it's right. What's right for you, and it doesn't you do violate you. the Fourth that's Amendment. General go to, yeah, yeah. You do you. All right, you ready for my dumb questions? Let's hit it. So. You've been on long enough. You have some probably some experience with some different patrol cars. In your opinion, what is the best patrol car of all time? Oh, dude, really? All right. Okay. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I am an Explorer fan. I what like in the cinnamon the toast fuck? I am an SUV guy. That thing has, I have you know, knee problems, back problems from being in the Army. So climbing in and out of a Crown Big is just brutal after about five years. Six, seven years on, that shit starts to hurt. So, yes, I'm an Explorer guy. Oh, man i know it's i know i don't care get rid of your old car man <laughs> no i'll never get rid of it i it's sitting out there stares at me every day it's beautiful um crown base are great they got they got the acceleration they got the, the speed off the line but i think i just think explorer is a better patrol car in, in general more space in the back more space in the front handles better yeah i'm sorry handles better handle oh come on does not corners, handle better corners than... better corners are way better oh bullshit no <laughs> You can drift on a Vic because it doesn't have fucking traction control. <laughs> Cornering, you don't fucking corner. Do you, but do you have the uh, do you have the turbo or do you have like the V6 soccer mom? Um, we might have the turbos. I think I'm not a big car guy, so I think we have. I, th- I do think we have the turbos. Okay, I think that does make a huge difference because the ones we had were a V6 and they had no ground clearance. They were on a fucking car chassis, so you know, Vic, you could run over fucking medians and shit. And you couldn't in an Explorer. It's an SUV. And then they were just slow as all fucking get out. And they were always in the shop. So I, I, I'm not a big Explorer guy. Tahoes, I can handle the Tahoes for sure, but eh, not the Explorer. Now, really the main reason people listen to this podcast, not for hard-hitting commentary on policing or gear, what they really want to know is as a grown man, Brian, have you ever shit your pants? <laughs> You haven't heard that part of the podcast. One time. One time. One time. <laughs> just one time, okay? Uh, just one time in high school. No, um, yeah, one time. That was it. Yeah. Bubble you, guts, man. Is it a good story to share, or are you going to keep that to yourself? 
I'll keep that one to myself. It it happens. <laughs> Not okay. proud of it. It happens. <laughs> hey, it, I'm I'm all about humanizing shitting your pants. Okay, don't. You're not alone, Brian. We've all been there. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> okay. I, I'm secure. I'm good. Okay. I feel like you're going to have to talk to the therapist after this one because I feel like I just, all these memories <laughs> of high school just rush back in. You're like, oh, oh no. Now that we've established that you need to talk to your therapist, do you have a good word of the day for everybody to try and sneak in their reports or over the air? Yes. Uh, it is going to be airship. Do you say airship or airship? All right, all right, come on, man. Let's be professional. Airship, as in something that flies in the air. Did you, so just, everyone says, did you just accuse me of being professional, good sir? I'm offended. <laughs> no, airship. So that was one that we were trying to get in a report because it's like you can't say it's not helicopter because that's different. It's not the air support unit. It's different. You have to use airship. Okay, well, what's the difference between a helicopter and an airship? Well, airship is typically like a dirigible, like you know, like a, like a, like the Hindenburg, that kind of thing. So that's typically an airship. So like oh. you can kind of use it as a helicopter, as a helicopter thing. I mean, technically, but... it's in the air. In technically, the... yeah, but see, yeah. that's the thing. You're not, and that's why it's a little different because you're not saying, "Hey, I need the helicopter." Hey, can I get you know the air support? And it's like, "Hey, I need an airship over here for lighting or something like that." It's it's just a little, it's just different enough that people are gonna be like, "Wait, what did he say?" But that's it's awesome. still close enough that you can get away with saying it without getting in trouble. You know, and all the the poor jurisdictions that don't have helicopters at their disposal be like a what you have what you have a what (laughs) my agency didn't have one but one of the neighboring agencies did and we abuse that all the time but it it is kind of neat to you know you're on something and you're looking for somebody and you hear the helicopter overhead it's pretty fucking cool i don't know why this uh that story or that word sparked this thing in my brain of when I was new, I heard all the, tell me if this is the same out there, but if you called for an ambulance for anything, you'd call for a bus. Is that some the terminology you guys would use? Similar. We call it a box. We need a box. A box. <laughs> I like that. And it was actually really funny because, uh, God, like three years ago, I think a policy came out and said, you're not allowed to call it the box anymore. You have to call it an ambulance. <laughs> and then that was supposed to be a thing for a while. And people were like, hey, don't call it a box. Don't call it a box. And then like that went out and now everybody calls it a box again. Oh, boy. So we call it a bus or we called it a bus. And I remember being a rookie and I heard a bunch of people say it. So in second phase of FTO, I was like, well, that's what everybody calls it. So I'm going to call it that. So I got on the air, it's, you know, some mental health thing and I said yeah can we get a bus over here after the call my FTO pulls me aside he's like it's an ambulance you haven't been here long enough to call it a bus it's a little <laughs> salty <laughs> oh, there you go. I'll never yeah. forget that that guy was a fucking you're not, you're not there yet man you're not that guy. You're not there yet yeah yeah you've only been here for a couple of days you can't call it a bus fucking cracked me up man <laughs> there we go all right yeah well, as, a, as we wrap up this poorly made podcast, do you have any words of wisdom for the millions of people that will listen to it? Anything you want to tell them? No, man, just keep your head, keep your head up, man. This, you know, this job can, this job can get rough, but I mean, it's always, you need to, you, we, we do it for a reason. So keep your head up and keep doing the job. Exactly, man. And I, I wish I had some people tell me that back then, but I, I wasn't there. I, I wish, uh, I wish I would have maybe done things a little bit differently. So keep your head up. All right. Well, uh, Hey Brian, man, I, I, I appreciate it. It was a good time speaking to somebody that spells their name correctly. I, I do appreciate that. If, uh, you guys want to support this podcast, a couple ways you can do it. 
well, hey, take care of your brothers and sisters, man, and get yourself some cool gear. Go buy a SeaTax from uh, Stone Griffin Tactical. Hey, where'd you come up with Stone Griffin, by the way? I meant to ask that. Uh, you know, it's just uh, a personal thing. You know, I've always, you know, had a, I was, it's an airborne thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the name of the podcast. It's an airborne thing. It's an airborne thing. It's an airborne uh, thing. You know, it's, um, I don't know, I was just kind of come, trying to come up with a cool name. You know, there's a bunch of cool guy tactical companies out there. And, uh, you know, when I was you know, airborne, it's, you know, king of the sky, king of the ground. You know, we jump out of airplanes, we do stuff on the ground. So it's like, oh, kind of, it's kind of a Griffin thing. So hey, you know like what? let's do Stone Griffin. So that was kind of the thing. So Stone Griffin Tactical is what I came up with. So that's cool. And it, it really rolls off the tongue too. So it's, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. And we got cool logos. I, I like our logo. I drew, I drew a good portion of that logo myself. So. It's really cool, man. I, I like it. And half the world's about marketing anymore, isn't it? Yeah. Which surprises me that any this has any traction, what I do, because it literally says poorly made in the name and people are still listening to it. It's amazing. But if you guys want to keep the podcast going, a couple ways to do that. Buy some merchandise. Uh, I got some new stuff coming in the next couple of days, I think, if uh, I stop being lazy and I actually make it. And uh, at the end of the podcast, there's a little link you can click. And you can be a monthly sponsor donor to the podcast. It helps keep things running down here. A little jingle in my pocket, as they say in the South. And then, uh, of course, take care of the fine sponsors of the podcast, because without them, I uh, wouldn't be able to do this. And I'd have to go get a real job. And no one wants that. With that said, remember, it's all bullshit. It's an airborne thing. And I love it. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, ye faithful, if you've made it all the way through the podcast, here's your little special nugget of information. I uh, I wanted to do YouTube for a while, and I couldn't really figure out exactly what I wanted to do. A lot of stuff's already been done, and you know I don't want to show my face. So I came up with an idea, and I uploaded a video. I'm not going to put it out to everybody at this point, but you should be able to search for poorly made police memes on YouTube, find my channel, and watch the one video that's there. I think it's okay, but I uh, I want you guys to be good friends. If there's a booger in my nose, I expect you to tell me about it. If it sucks, tell me it sucks. I'm a big boy. I can take it. I think it's uh, kind of an interesting concept, and I don't think anybody else is really doing anything like it. But... I'm also uh, I'm not ignorant that not everything I do is great, such as my first podcast. So check it out. Send me a message. Comment on there what you think. And uh, if it's good, I'll keep doing it if you guys like it. And if not, I will uh, I'll take the time stone and uh, go back in time, and you guys will forget it ever happened. I love most of you. Bye-bye.